I'm going to record you doing that. <laughs> Hi, welcome to your Auntie's Good Never, episode 101. No yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to. Anyway, I'm Auntie AK and I am here with Auntie Farah, Auntie Nana, and Auntie Shade. Hello, my aunties. How are ya? Good. Good. All right. Feeling grown, adulting effectively. Good. What does that mean that you're adulting effectively? Um, functioning. I'm not. I'm not in a state of panic. <laughs> I hear you. Okay. Okay. Able to pay her bills this month because right. she's <laughs> <laughs> <Everyone> <laughs> dead. Yeah. And, have, and have some money after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, is, that is adulting 101 for real. Um, welcome. This is the Aunties Could Never, a podcast where for cool aunties and uncles everywhere, where you hear no nonsense, straight talking so it's time to get your plates get your drinks and start the show auntie farah what's the warm-up game oh, just like that yeah man every week <laughs> no i know but i felt like we missed something we, we just didn't talk week. as long didn't talk as long this time that's what it is we just didn't talk as long that's the yeah. it felt like it came around um really quickly okay so um it was it, award season has started and it was the BAFTAs this weekend and a lot of people showed out and were extremely fashionable sure did yes yes so my game is this i'm gonna do a little spin on it <laughs> and it's basically would you rather but the worst fashion ever from a celebrity you have to pick one okay okay, okay. okay. would you rather dress like miley cyrus circa when she was sticking out her tongue all the time Oh, and just walking around with nothing on practically like picture picture her at the mtv awards in a see-through dress with just bobbles over her private parts yeah yeah or would you rather dress pink circa when people for some reason thought that she was black and she was like rocking tight jeans with belts and uh, and like spiky hair and long fur jackets and platform shoes that had holes in them yeah who would you rather pick now? Like today, you have to wear yeah. it now. You gotta wear it all. One of these outfits today. <laughs> I, I'm doing pink <laughs> all, all day, every day. I'm, I'm rocking like pink. It's cool. I dressed like that back then. I can dress like it again now. It's fine. Pink. Yeah, I'd have to go with pink because you're dressed like '90s and '90s R&B chick, so it just makes aligns with what I probably would have been wearing. I'm not dressing like. There's nothing with Miley Cyrus put on in them days. That would make me feel like I wanted to wear what she would wear. Man, I don't mind uh, taking a risk or two for just for the crack of it. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, be the crack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pick Miley. Let's go. Okay. I'll pick a pink. Yeah. I think I think I'd pick pink. I'm too I'm too shy to wear like that. Have all my bits up. No. What? It would be traumatic for me. The only time I can do that is when I'm on a beach and I feel a little bit okay. But everything's in place then, you know? What if it, what if a ball falls off? Yeah. <laughs> Even more fun. You know, like the wrong ball could fall off. <laughs> Miley Cyrus <laughs> on the beach. Miley's in the outdoors. Yeah, I'm all right. Okay. Next. Okay. Would you rather dress like Lady Gaga in her meat suit 
-hmm. And remember, it was real meat. It was real meat that stank and had blood in it. Real fucking meat. Or would you rather have Bjork? Remember her with the dove dress? Bjork's my muse. My I love her. Muse. So. Muse. 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 Does she inspire, sorry, Muse? Do you know License um, is so quiet? It's one of my anthems. Yeah. I love that tune so much. I love her madness. And she's a Scorpio. Yeah, I'm being dramatic, girls. All right, calm down. But yeah, the swan dress all day long. Then a meat dress. I wear the swan dress all day, like a ballerina. <laughs> okay. Yeah, same swan dress. I'm not doing that meat dress. That's disgusting. It's It will stink. It will just absolutely stink. And it's probably really heavy as well. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And I just don't even, although I am a meat eater, I don't even like meat that much for me to want to wear it like that. No, no thing. I'm conflicted. I feel like because I work with leather, I should probably do the meat dress because it's like a reflection of that. That's what she was highlighting, the meat industry and mm -hmm. leather being a byproduct. I think artistically, if I was going into an artistic bag, that should be the road that I would head down. So I think I'd go down. Yeah, I'd I'd wear the meat dress. If anything, it just you're just gonna smell like a period pad. And people know what that smells like. So Oh my god. There's so many things wrong with what you just said. I mean, I don't even want to acknowledge your half of what you just said. <laughs> but I mean, it's funny. But meat, go on. No, I was saying it's funny because when I think of the meat suit and how it would smell, that's actually what I think. That it will smell like that. I'm not even lying. That's how I think it would smell. But vomit. I couldn't do that. I don't eat red meat, so I'm not going to wear it. Raw. Yes, I wear leather, but I'm talking about red raw on me. No thanks. I'm good. I'm going to wear the swan outfit all day long. Last one. My husband, Auntie Nana, you do actually have a husband or a boyfriend, the rest of us. Would you rather rock up to an award show like Posh and Bex circa in their all leather outfit? Or like Britney and Justin circa in their all denim outfit. Ooh. I liked both. Oh, that's hard. I loved both outfits. Oh, remember oh, it's now as well. You're going to leather, leather. And it, has to, it has to be the Britney uh, sweetheart kind of dress with the yeah. A-line skirt, all different types of and and the hat and everything. And I loved everything. And my man will be rocking a posh and bex because that's more my style. There's no way I'm wearing a whole jean outfit. Triple denim, triple denim. Triple no, denim. Denim, denim on denim on denim. Not me. What is a denim on denim? There were so many different shades. Oh, <laughs> denim. There's a lot of that's denim. Denim. All sorts of shades. Posh and bex. That look is me anyway. So I could do that. So yeah, man. Struggling. The thing is, because they're British, I want to go with them. And I do love leather, but at the same time, I love denim. And I think that dress would probably suit my figure better, I think. So I think I might have to go for Britney and... Justin, your boyfriend would be wearing a hat. Yeah, the cowboy <laughs> hat. That's all right. And boot cut. And boot cut. I'm going to be wearing jean boot cut. Oh, wasn't, yeah? wasn't, wasn't the leather boot cut as well? It was no, it wasn't. Um, hang on, let me just look at it. Let's it was a it was a tapered it, leg. No, it was, yeah. Is it? It, it, it wasn't it was tapered. No, it was, wasn't tapered. It was a straight leg. Okay. So, so it's not a like tapered. It was a straight leg. They oh. both had on like straight leg denim, sorry, straight leg leather trousers on. 
The dress is heavy. I think <laughs> I would go purely because I don't have any boobs. I'm gonna go for Posh and Becks, but I actually prefer Britney's dress because. I like it. It's all right. Justin well, can stay. Forgetting what your man's gonna look like. Yeah, no, I just said that he could stay in the toilet. <laughs> you, know what, you see, the thing is, looking at Posh and Becks, I'm pretty sure I had Posh's outfit though. <laughs> <laughs> Posh's outfit's all me. That's 100. All black. I'm pretty sure I had it. <laughs> <All black. laughs> but I might have that baby pink or something. Yeah, that leather outfit in the 90s was one or two thousand. Oh, yeah. If you look at Britney and Justin, look considerably worse than Britney did. I had a bad. I remember I had from Miss Sixty. I had a bad boy layered mm. uh, Miss Sixty. It was a bad. It was like really layered, like a cowgirl jean skirt. It was wicked. But yeah, Britney's dress is nice. But for me, what's more, me is a black. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with yeah. Britney because I had the outfit already. Let me try something different. And go no, because my man's not walking around in a cowboy. I think it was you as well. It would look nicer now. Quadruple denim. The boobies would be out. <laughs> I've got no problems with double denim. I do that sometimes. No, there's, there's nothing with double denim, but that double denim was a triple four quadruple denim denim a lot everywhere. If you remove Justin, she looks good. She could, If she was going to maybe, was it the Country Music Awards? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it was MTV Awards. Oh, okay. Thank you for that answer. That was quite fun. Guys, obviously, don't forget to you have to Google to get the feelings and emotions and understand what we were looking at, what we were thinking. Time to welcome somebody to the family, Auntie Nana. Who are you welcoming? I am welcoming Mandy B and Bridget Kelly of See the Thing Is podcast, and they have just signed a deal with Gumble, uh, which is an advertising platform for seven figures. And they are the podcast is one of my fave podcasts. I listen to them every week, and I've listened since the beginning. They've had lots of ups and downs. They were a free piece. They lost a co-host. They left the Joe Budden network. And every week they have just really delivered a spectacular podcast. So I really admire them. They are like my kind of, I stand over their podcast. So it's really good. So I just wanted to welcome them to our family, Mandy B and Bridget Kelly. Welcome, 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 ladies. Oh, are they, are they fellow aunties? They, they are. are. And yeah. they call themselves the aunties from time to time as well. So, fellow aunties, give us a hookup. Hey. <laughs> hey, aunties. Hey, hey aunties. aunties. We're good. Hey, aunties. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, so guys, before we move on, don't forget, when you listen to the show, don't forget to leave a lovely positive comment and review, especially on Apple, and a nice heavy like on um, Spotify. This is where we can up our auntie and become super rich aunties, which you all need in your life. Okay, it's time for us to move on to what have you heard? This is where we discuss the stories that's got us talking in the news. Auntie Sade, let's go. Yes, so my story is about Jesse Smollett. So basically, so he, he claimed he was attacked. It's since been um, uncovered that this whole thing was a hoax. 
he's the thing went to trial and he's been sentenced or went to court I should say and he's been sentenced to 150 days in jail and he's ordered, been ordered to pay uh, 145,000 dollars as well as a fine and basically for lying to the police basically saying that he was a victim of a hate crime. I think we may have talked about this on the show from time to time and it was like coming up and stuff. Like everyone was just like had this thing of wanting to support him straight away. And I think this was one of the first cases where a lot of people came out publicly to support and then realized, okay, the facts are not really adding up. The evidence isn't really adding up. And then people had to retract their statement. And I think it was one of the first, especially for me anyway, when I was just like, maybe not put it in the public first until I do a bit more research in terms of my position on things. Now, Jesse has basically, when he was being sentenced and being taken away, he was saying that he's not suicidal, screaming it out in the court and basically saying that he's innocent, his friends and his family, especially have now started a campaign of free, continued the campaign of free Jesse, saying that to people that he is innocent, but even if you don't think he's innocent, to still that he still should be free. And I just wondered, what do you aunties think about this? Do you think that this is a legitimate, do you believe him first of all? Do you think he's been set up? Do you think that he's been wrongly um, sentenced in this case? And do you think that it is uh, right families, supporters to push these campaigns of freeing someone when they've actually been convicted? What do you reckon? Okay. I think when it all happened, we were like, oh, that's a liberty because it was all very much like it's a racist attack. And there were a few other things going on at the time. So that's why we were originally behind him. But then when some of the, the facts started to seep out, it's, it started to be a little less believable. And then he was standing firm in his story. But then more and more things came out. And I really think that, Jesse, you were an example to a lot of people in a good way, in a positive way, but then you did something really wrong and you broke the law. So therefore you should be an example for someone who's broken the law. If you do the crime, what do they say? You've got to serve the time, innit? And what did he get? He got, is it five months? So he got five months. One's not going to do five months. And whilst I feel sorry for you because you're in jail, I doubt you're in gen pub, in, in with the general public. It's not a nice thing to be in jail, but I suppose... You shouldn't have done what you did because there are genuine cases out there where people are being harassed and being victimised and these cases don't get looked at. But because you're a celebrity, it got looked at. And now it's just one more excuse for them not to look into things because people tell lies or so. I don't know. I think maybe your mental health should be reviewed. And if you are like, I think your brother is saying that you're in a psych ward, that should be assessed and that should be considered. And maybe they should look into that in, in terms of reducing your sentence or maybe making you say, stay at home or, do you, you know, that kind of stuff. I don't know. But I think you absolutely committed a crime and you should be punished for that. Just because you're black and gay doesn't mean that you should be excused. Auntie Nana. I think, should he be jailed? No. I think he's being punished because he showed up the um, Chicago Police Department and that it was going in his favour for a minute and then it wasn't. And I think once they managed to get holes in the story, and I don't, I'm not too sure that I totally believe that he has lied. I'm not sure about that. But still, I do think that he has a whole police department that has a proper vendetta against him. 
And I think from when he was in the courtroom saying, I am not suicidal, and he said it three times, looking straight at people's faces, and lo and behold, where does he end up? In a psych ward. And psych wards in America sound like they're hell. And generally, that's where they send people to go and kill themselves. So I, I, I absolutely support his family's campaign. Whether he's done something wrong or not, okay, I don't think anybody particularly was hurt other than his career, which has ended. I think that he should be out and he should be free and he should be getting the help he needs, whether that's drug rehab or intense therapy, but he definitely does not need to be in the in a jail in the psych ward. That is the worst place for any human being, especially a black man. I really think he needs to come out. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if in a, a number of weeks, it escalates and it's something worse that we're dealing with. So he should be out, definitely. Oh, yeah, I didn't think he'd go... I actually was surprised it was it went to jail terms. I thought he'd get fined and community service and that type of thing. So I'm a bit surprised he's got jail time for this. I'm not quite sure. I don't know if I believe that he didn't do it because it sounds ridiculous. It sounds like the most weirdest story I've ever heard. I don't know what it was. I've had behind-the-scenes conversations with people that there were reasons for the motivations for why he did it. But I, I don't think he should be in jail. I think he should be punished because for wasting everybody's time. It could be something in it that he's exposed some of the Chicago cops dealings and stuff like that. And maybe it's on something. But we always, sometimes I do think we tend to, there's always the conspiracy theory story attached to us when we go, when it's, you know what it is? We're so cynical of the truth that we don't know what is true and what's not. But sometimes it's every time some a black person gets in trouble, immediately it's what's the other story when sometimes it is just what it is. Man just did wrong and man's got in trouble and that's it. But so I don't know, I'm a bit, I don't know because it's so fantastical. I just don't understand it. And what's happening to the two guys that he mentioned? Are they getting arrested? Are they being sent as what's happened to them? Not arrested. I know they were arrested, but what's happening to them? So the bigger picture, I think his family should campaign, campaign to get him out. I don't think he needs to be in jail. I do think he needs to be punished. I don't know if his mental health is correct, but I also am a bit skeptical of this whole psych ward thing. But then again, we don't know. I don't know if like actually he's been assessed and it is that like you need to be on a psych ward because you're not. I don't think the jail sentence makes sense to me. I'm not I'm trying to I was trying to skim over like the, the ins and outs of what happened at that. And it does sound like if, it's, if it is actually how it happened and it sounds like a man who's troubled, who does need psych help. I don't think prison is the answer in this particular situation. So yeah, and I think, yeah, so I think his family have the right to campaign. And anyway, every family does that. You all have the right to campaign if you think your person deserves better treatment or deserves to be out and let the courts decide. I don't know, it's a weird one. I just shadow. Okay, so I get the whole kind of the jail system, especially in, well, not especially, yeah, in America, what we know of it is like super terrible and everything like that, but he did, according to this case and the result he's committed a crime and this is the punishment it's five months to be honest it if he, and the thing is just there is insane holes in this story and that this is what the the ultimate issue is with do you know what i mean it's just it just doesn't sound real at all and he's doubled down 
to say that, oh no, it is real. And it's very hard. I would imagine it's very hard for a judge to be like, okay, I'm not gonna send to, I'm not gonna give you jail time, even though you're still holding up this, I'm gonna say, alleged for the sake of the program. Do you know what I mean? It must be super difficult. So I, I don't know. I do think there is definitely you know, I do know. I, I, I think yeah, he it makes sense why he's been sentenced to jail it does make sense because if you're doubling down on a lie and you're not given space for the judge to even give you community service you're not given space for that you're just do you know what i mean like you're believing what it is that you're saying is to be true and if it's proven that it's not true then then what is it then is it insanity then because if you believe this thing and there is enough evidence to show that this thing is not true then it's just a bit it's not like the evidence is really in question it, it's just it just feels a bit ridiculous and i just think it's like it's like we as black people are called upon to support and rally round so many different causes, so many different people and what they're going for and stuff. So I'd rather do it with someone that's that's not been caught in a lie. Do you know what I mean? He's been caught in a lie at the end of the day and he's doubling down and his family, if they truly believed him, then they wouldn't even need that second line. They wouldn't need that line to say, if you don't believe in them, still support him. Do you know what I mean? Because they would just believe in his innocence, like full stop and there'll be no thingy. Like, I just think it's just it it's kind of like falsely rallying like black rage really and truly around this where it's just not deserved he's messed up maybe he needs some support maybe the psych maybe like i said joe's not great of course it's not but it's very difficult to to not place people there when they're lying and when they've actually caused so much harm i don't think it's just just his career to be honest that kind of thing it's everybody else that's involved as well it's your co-workers it's your the show that you're on it's your your fans it's everybody you've let us all down by doing this so yeah um i struggle finding sympathy for him to be honest to be honest i really do and i think that his family are although they're entitled to do what they're doing i think it's i think it's really i don't think it's fair enabling is that what you're yes, it's enabling that's it yes <laughs> but yeah guys i don't know any comebacks on that i hear what you're saying though i do hear what you're saying because i was i think i was very like just it was incredible it's been such a long time as well so i've got over like the emotions of it it was just insane it was, it was just the whole situation was weird but the only thing I, I i get what you're saying about the if, if the evidence is there how would you not give jail time and there's always the conversations that if he was white he wouldn't get jail time he'd get supported and and looked after and get the care that he needs if he needs care and maybe not do jail time so there's always the harsh sentencing when well, there, have been, there have been white celebrities that have gone to jail yeah. so we can't say that they haven't like i said Maybe he won't spend the t duration of the five months in jail and maybe with an appeal, he'll get um, house arrest instead. There's lots of different things that can happen to him. But he, by all accounts, the evidence says, and I know you, the evidence, sometimes you have to take it with a pinch of salt, but if you listen to the, you know, what we know, it, it sounds like he, he did it. And as Auntie Shade said, I think because he is, I didn't, it makes it so much harder. But I wouldn't expect his family to do any less. That's his family. You want you don't want your family member in jail. No one does. No, nobody wants their family member in jail. So I understand why they're doing it, but equally, he shouldn't be exempt from punishment because of his status. No, that's true. What that punishment is is relative. 
I think punishment, but just I don't know about Joe. I, just, I, did, I really didn't expect him to go to jail. I really thought this really? was a No, I didn't think of. Do you know? I think I've, also I paid. I've lost interest in it whole in the whole thing. So I lost. So when it came back, I was like, oh, jail. Okay, shocked me. Auntie Nana, you're the only person that doesn't. Well, I see it, but you're seeing you're quite strongly on. He shouldn't do jail time. I would just urge people to go through the case and go through the court documents not specifically what's out there in the press. Uh, I just quickly did a thing and the brothers haven't been sentenced to anything. There's too many holes on both sides of this. So if you go through the police investigation and how that went and how at the beginning it wasn't taken very seriously and that was a point of contention. And then they found these two Nigerian brothers that were like, it's them that did it. It's not clean cut and I think that's why he's being punished. Can I ask a question? Because you've obviously read more into this than I have. So you're talking about these brothers. Did the brothers ever come out and say that? Did they back his story? Or are they just the people that he said did it? No, the brothers are saying he paid us to do this. Right. So the brothers so, so listen, just yeah. hear me out. The brothers are saying he paid them to do it. But he went to the police. He's yeah. the one that committed the crime. Do you see what and I'm going with this? The crime. Exactly. He, re- he reported a false crime to the police. He that, did. That's what the police are alleging. That's what no, he's been convicted so allegedly, of. Allegedly. Yeah. Well, you can't even, it's not alleged because he's in jail. No, no, that's what he's been convicted of. Of reporting, a, falsely reporting a crime, okay? Yeah. The brothers shouldn't be in jail because they didn't falsely report a crime. He falsely reported the crime. What they did was... What they, they did was consent to do what they did. Yeah, he gave them consent to do it because that's what I'm saying to you. That's what I'm saying to you. He consented to do for them to do what they did, so they shouldn't be in jail. They did not. They did not commit a crime. He's saying that he didn't. So how can if I report a crime? Let's just say he is telling the truth, and I I report a crime that's been done to me. I think it's two white men. Turns out it's these two Nigerian men, but I'm the victim of this crime. Should the people that have been found to have committed the crime that has been taken place, shouldn't they be being punished? Because whether I, because a crime has been done, like he was beaten. They, they, they showed evidence of him, of uh, payment from Jesse to the boys. Like, do you know what I mean? Like it was, they like just took away the validity of what he was saying. Because he'd paid them to do it and there was proof of it. Okay. So then we go down the road of this is all in this man's head. He's created all of this. And what he's done is waste police time. What he's lied as well. Yeah. And, yeah. and But he's wasted police time. Like he's reported a crime that didn't take place. I fabricated but all of it. So no crime has actually happened because I fabricated all of it. I made this take place. So there's no crime. So then my only crime is wasting police time. How many people have wasted police time and not done any time? So how many people have come forward, got somebody into, they've had a trial and everything else, falsely accused from various different reasons, from murder to rape to whatever, you've set it all up and you've wasted police time. How many of them have actually gone to jail? The numbers don't stack up and the time spent... You tell us how many of them have gone to jail. To how much how many fines he has, it's a lot of money that they find him, and then giving him jail time, it's, it's, it's not reasonable. It's, it's, it doesn't weigh up for what he's actually done, if he did all of that. But he's still maintaining that he didn't. 
that's my standpoint on this just feels like a man is being punished because he's a celebrity, because he showed up the um, Chicago Police Department for not actually thoroughly investigating what he had put forward in the first place, lies or not, whatever. And now he's being punished for it. It doesn't add up. It all doesn't make I, much sense. I think he. I think the punishment is excessive, but I don't think he should be unpunished. And I don't think he hasn't done anything wrong. I think I definitely, in in, in hindsight, listen to everybody. He's definitely stoked the flame because the fact of the matter, the fact of the matter is, you stoked the world's emotions. Everyone was gung ho behind you, and I think it is making an example. Unfortunately, you get made an example of when you do certain things and we know as black people we we they're quick to make an example of us so i don't know if that's right or wrong you just can't go around doing nonsense like that but i don't know i i, I don't think he should do jail time but i definitely think he should be punished because I, I do think he told a lie and i think it might be more to there's more to the story that we possibly will never know but i think he definitely did a wrong one but i think it's a fine and psych help but not jail time all right, we AK, what have you heard? <laughs> <laughs> so mine's a big boy. I don't I don't even actually at 100 percent understand what I'm going to say on my news story, but I love to explore it anyway because I know one of two of you will know more. So okay. what's out there is that we've got all the headlines that the world's in poverty and crisis, food's gone up, gas has gone up, living costs have gone up, right? So people are saying. However, with all of that, it's paving the way for the Great Reset. And I definitely know I've talked about the Great Reset on a previous podcast. I think it was one of my news stories before. And it's basically a new world order just being driven by Klaus Straub. I put Straub. Klaus Straub, who's the founder of the World Economic Forum. And it's actually a leftist movement. So all the kind of leaders that are of the left kind of are involved. You've got the Obamas, the Macrons, and all those type of people are all... That's, and that's what when people were saying that when Biden was being ushered in over Trump, this is what they were saying was going to be enforced, the Great Reset. And the Great Reset is basically creating a world where we owe nothing. The World Economic Forum, also known as Davos, their catch line and their catchphrase is you'll owe nothing and you'll be happy. So we're moving to a world where we have no ownership. Along with that, we, there's been conversations about a universal um, income. Um, where everyone gets a minimum, like a set wage, so that there's no such thing as, in quote, poverty. So everyone at least gets some sort of money in, regardless of your situation. And though I think we've talked about it before, that would be a good idea. This maybe feeds into this whole, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. I don't know much, but I know I love you. But it's just, sorry, I just help it. But it's just a conversation about what do you think? Is that type of perspective? I don't know if you more about the new the World Economic Forum, is where the leads like the EU, the big old EU conversation and the big old world global conversation where everyone gets together and has a chat about how they're going to run the world. It's another similar thing. What do you think about the Great Reset? Is it explain similar? why you got here? Because you've missed that bit out. Explain why I got here. Yeah, like because, the, the reason why I got here, as I said, it's about the fact that food prices are going up. They create a lot of the news headlines are. The world is literally in a risk of being in absolute poverty. So the big um, resolve is let's get yourself a single monetary kind of wage that everybody gets universal wage. But people are saying that's the footsteps and the stepping stones to creating the great reset where we own nothing and we will be happy, where we have nothing to do, nothing that's our own. We'll be fully dependent on the state so they can control us more. That's a conversation. I don't quite understand it all. It's another one of those kind of conversations about the new world order and how the world is resetting itself. I just wanted to know if you guys have heard this, 
know about this and if at the very least everyone to go into having a look into it and understanding more i'll go to auntie nana because i feel like you would have definitely gone down you would have gone down the rabbit hole with this stuff auntie nana take it away okay so the reference video that you have russell brand's opinion on it yeah i'm a staunch follower of russell brand's material and basically i can see the connection so the world economic forum it's it's actually an organization like they have various status it's got like charitable status a foundation they're a trust all various things and they have divisions to their business model where they train up future leaders and almost every leader that is running a country at this moment has gone through one of their programs so it's not specifically leftist although the um, Prime Minister of Canada has gone through, or is he a president? Not sure. He's gone through there. Boris Johnson has been trained by them. So has Trump. So has Vladimir Putin. Like they've all gone through their training programs. They set this up so that they can place world leaders and carry out their agendas. I guess you can see how we're all going to, it could implode and everybody's going to need a unit credit system. We're all going to need a, a total living wage and the whole premises that we all have a universal like we're all under one umbrella so it's like we're all governed by a un type institution this is the global reset and we give up our freedoms to me it totally makes sense that this is the way the world is going but i don't think it makes sense that you have an organization that none of us have voted for paid for know who they are that are churning out leaders that run countries. That to me is highly suspicious and we should be quite fearful of this taking place because that means that there's one agenda that everybody is having and we can't really believe that this war is real when everybody has a set mind frame of where they're going, like they're just playing us. Those are my thoughts on it. Auntie Shadow. No, haven't really heard of this. Um, not completely fussed to be honest it is what it is we're adapt and survive as always we're human beings that's what we are programmed to do yeah i feel like this sounds like socialism but actually if the government controls it's communism that's basically what this it seems like and it's always a fear communism is so scary oh my god but most governments um, operate a combination of different things so we have communist aspects of how we what do you call it how the country is run like the NHS and that sort of thing. So yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't. It doesn't really bother me in the slightest. Auntie Farah, mm, I wouldn't say it doesn't bother me, but what it is that I think that democracy's a lie. Anyway, you know, they let you believe that you're living in a democratic society, and mm. then they still do things that they want to do without your consent. So, mm. effectively, who's running the ship? It's not a democracy, I suppose. Stuff like this just means that you see less and less of... What are we talking about? We're talking about Handmaid's Tale and all that sort of things all, all the time, don't we? And where it's going and what things are heading to. I just think that every now and again, the mask slips and things are let out. And people see that whilst you may think that you're living in a dem democratic society, you really have no say on what's going on essentially in, in, your, in the country, in the Western world, because they will just do whatever it is that they want to do. Like a lot of the COVID restrictions and policies, again, that's them doing whatever it is that they want to do. I'm not saying that sometimes it isn't with the best interest of the people, but that's their thought, isn't it? I don't know. It, I think I'm like Auntie Nana, where I don't... It makes me a little bit nervous to think that... Um, 
nervous but not surprised because I've watched what's that program on Netflix about Auntie Nanny? You've watched it, and it's about the the, the forces behind the presidents and all those people. What's oh, it called again? Um, I've watched that as well. Yeah, you've watched the, the, the one where they all go to that Christ family? with the family. family. The family. If anyone's ever watched the family, you'll realize that it's all run from one family anyway, isn't it? And you know, the family is an offshoot of this WEF. Like, exactly. it literally, they encompass all of those things. They all come under that same umbrella. Exactly. Yeah. So it doesn't matter who is put in front of you their strings are being pulled by someone else anyway. So I don't know. I'm not in, it makes me nervous because. I don't like the idea of anyone controlling me. And that's what makes me nervous a lot about a lot of the things that they say that we have to do as a society and a lot of the choices that are taken away from us. It just makes me nervous because I see that it is one step to just submission. So, yes, we do all adapt, but I'd like to fight <laughs> rather than adapt to some of the shit that they come up with. I think, yeah, I think... There's an element of it's going to happen anyway. So what do we do? What fight are we going to fight? How do we res- how do we resist the great reset? But there's something interesting about people coming together. Like let's because you I sometimes have that thing. Can we just wipe the slate clean and start again? But rather that without then with without conflict, war, and having to destroy nations so we can actually have scorched earth and start again and find the seed and grow it. Whatever. I'd rather it'll be interesting to see how we reset nonsense that's been created but it's the same people that created the nonsense are planning the reset so that's why i'm just like we're in it's a rock and a hard place kind of business because it's the same people who are not adapting they're not letting in people with new thinkers make well not that i know of it seems like the same old names that have destroyed the world are the same old names and now deciding they're going to reset the world and have it go a different way but it's not because more of the same I'm sure they all haven't had a group hug and healing sessions on how to be better and improve the world's um, output because they still are hell-bent on destroying each other, as we've seen with the war. And I definitely think the war, as always, wars are always fronts for what for something else. The propaganda is real. So that's if food and making us fear that we're not going to survive and we can't cope without the help of the government. There's It's interesting, like, especially with um, lockdown and how... We, we, especially as black folks, we connected globally. We ex- we enhanced our connect global connection with each other. We had a lot more a year of return. And even though we've had the kind of adults and we've had one of our popular, our regular listeners has always said the adults movement isn't as big as we think. That could also be a gender thing. To, and I always talk about it, so I'm probably part of the agenda. However, the actual global connection between Africans and Caribbeans and British blacks, sorry, <laughs> the way that we're reconnecting with each other is it is enhancing and the conversation about us being stronger together but yet the minute we start to oh the blacks are waking up i don't know if we're the also we're all, the, always the trigger but i definitely notice that we're reconnecting and then shit starts to happen and the world's going a little bit left again and i'm not saying that's the only motive but that or the only inspiration but that's what tends to happen when we start to wake up so i don't know i don't trust the great reset i i also feel hands tied like what can we do to change it how do we resist it but i don't like is the fact that it's the same leaders that reckon that they that destroyed the world are going to reckon that they're going to reset it because i definitely think the world needs to reset we definitely need a new uh, we need to start again and recharge our batteries and come with a different outlook but the same people are running it so it might be just a re- great rewind and come again that's the thing is who is when it gets reset someone's in charge of that Mm. they reset 
So all these billionaires, are they resetting to where they're on, on like a thousand pounds a month like everybody else? I bet they're not going to do that. So exactly. this great reset, you've got to look at who it benefits. Because if you think about resetting, how far back are they going to go? Is it going to be reset to where you go to work every fucking day and you're working for some one of these people and you're earning peanuts? You're only getting your thousand pounds a month. And the other thing about the other thing about this universal credit and all of that kind of stuff, I always have um I don't like it because the people who make up the amount that people can live off don't actually know what it's like to live in poverty. So they might, for, for example, if you think about when people who are on benefits and they go out and get a cash in hand job, they're not doing it for fun. But then you've got MPs that are earning X amount of money and then claiming all these expenses and none of them ever go to jail. But people who get caught working and have claiming benefits, they go to jail all the time. And then the headlines are they're getting £150,000 in rent paid and all of this fucking shit, but they've got like four kids in one bedroom. And my thing is, I'm always nervous about who it is that are setting these figures and who it yeah. is that are setting these rules, because I bet you're not living in the same way. So, Auntie Farah, what have you heard? Okay, so in this week's edition of <laughs> Gaslighting, I would like to talk about the fact that the government are saying that... Hold on, let me... I want to find the exact words... So the government are basically, there's two things that have happened. They want Britons to open up their doors to Ukrainian refugees. And as a thank you, they're going to give them £350 a month. You know, the, the, they want Britons to open up their doors and to house these people rent-free. Once they've come over, the, the people who open up their doors, they have to go through a screening process in order to be accepted. And then they will get a maximum of £350 per month doesn't matter how many people they have in a house. You can have 10 refugees in the house and you'll still get £350 a month. It's one payment, not like per person. How do you feel? How do you feel most of Britain feels in terms of opening up their doors to people? Do you think most people are up for it? Or do you think that £350 isn't enough? Where? How do you feel? Auntie Sade, are you opening up your doors? Let me see. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna share your home. <laughs> oh, were, were my cousins that were trying to flee the country were, were they allowed in the train the first time? They were not. I, I too have the same policy. So yeah, I think what's it called? I I, I actually even feel like to warn the Ukrainian people coming to the UK. Though that do you know what I mean? I want them to be safe and I want them to have homes and obviously don't want their country to be bombed in the first place because I do not support the war at all. I think I just want to warn them because I think in about five years time they're going to be blamed for a, ne a next economic crisis. They're gonna there's going to be attacks against them and I think it, it's just it. Uh, I just think it's. We've seen this happen so many times. Like our parents saw this happen. Oh, come to the UK. It's going to be great. And all they just got is trouble and fucking strife. I just think like the the Ukrainian people, they probably just don't feel that they even have a choice right now. Do you know what I mean? That they should be wary of the gifts from Britain. Like, honestly, yeah, it's a tough one. But no, personally, no, I will not be opening my doors in this way. I don't think £350 is enough to, to support someone, especially who's coming from a war-torn country, to re, to, what do you call it, re rehabilitate themselves into a new culture kind of thing it's just not enough I think there's so much more support that needs to be done and I think it's actually like a bit of a it's a, it's a piss take for the government to ask us to do this anyway I don't think the average 
I think I I just don't think the British public. I don't know who they think the British public is. I just think this is PR because they're not going to do this. And if they do it, it's going to be people who are probably trying to milk the system in some sort of way, or probably assholes and are need or some sort of power trip. Yeah, I don't I don't believe good is going to come from this. Unfortunately, that sounds really bleak, but I really don't. I don't trust it. Yeah, I think this is the biggest pile of shit ever. I think it's really offensive that it wasn't that long ago. When was Brexit? What was that, 2020? You were actively trying to get rid of Ukrainians, Hungarians, Polish, everybody else from basically East... All Eastern Europeans were being, like, chucked out of the country to now be like, oh, no, we're kind of going to open the doors, kind of, and would you like to house a family when we have a housing problem here already, which everybody can see that they're putting up houses all over the place that generally you people over here can't afford? Like, get housing developers to give them some of the flats that are being housed by the Russian oligarchs and the Chinese people that had just got them there and they're all empty. Put them in empty flats. They shouldn't be living in homes. And £350 is literally how much my flipping shopping bill is a week. That's not paying anything. It's offensive. I think it's like really, it's probably just another ploy for them to mine data because you have to sign up and jump through hoops. But no, I, I think this is bang out of order. And if I was fleeing Ukraine as a Ukrainian, I'm probably going to Germany or France or Spain. UK would not be on my list because there's nothing here. They should go elsewhere. Definitely. I'm like, imagine me, imagine me opening my door. I ain't got enough space as it is. Not, and I don't mean it in a bad way. If it was real dire straits, I would, yeah, maybe I would have people in if it was real dire straits. But I definitely would be welcoming a whole bunch of Ghanaians and Caribbeans to my door before anything else because there's lots of immigrants. And when they say you've got to do charity and donate and stuff like that, there's a lot of us that do charity with people back home. So that's who I'm going to look out for. Because of the propaganda and the news stories that are reporting that they're white, blue-eyed Christians who are real humans, not like those other poor, <laughs> dirty brown immigrants that are so prone to war and dis disorganisation and destroying themselves. And you don't need my help. You actually don't need me to take in any refugees from the Ukraine because I'm not worthy. Also, as you're saying, my skin colour and my culture means I'm not even worthy to look after these wonderful, special people. So they don't have to come to me. I'll continue to take on the dirty immigrants that you guys don't want because I'm, I don't see them as dirty. Do you know what I'm saying? If that was the, the weighing up the odds. Sorry, I just had a thought. Say if you do, open your home, yeah? So you sign up to the screen, <laughs> to the scheme, and then the Ukrainian family are like, I'm not living with no black family. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and that, that is not too far removed. You look, you look people are in hospital. Can they, can they prove it? they're not racist before they people, come to the Right, exactly. People are in hospital and will see a black nurse or brown, whatever, NHS worker or whatever, and say, not you, love. I'll rather die than have your black, dirty hands touch me. People have been had that experience. So, <laughs> I, I, all of you made points that I wanted to talk about. So, Pretty Patel has said that the scheme is initially for 12 months. Now, let's think about what's going on. You've got one hand there telling you, because of the war that's going on, the petrol prices are going up, the food's going up, and then gas is going up. Everything's going up. Everything is more expensive. And then they're saying to the Ukrainians, come here for 12 months initially, right? 
you people put them up in their house for a minimum in your house for a minimum of six months. So you're going to get £350, which isn't going to cover your gas bill. No. It's not going to cover your gas bill, okay? Let alone what food you're going to need. However, the Ukrainians are actually being told that they will have the ability to work, to claim benefits, and for free. What do you think is going to happen in 12 months' time? Just like Auntie Sade said, you're going to get all the people from Middle England talking about the fact that they can't get jobs anymore because these Ukrainians have come and they're taking all their jobs and they can't get a hospital appointment because the Ukrainians have come and they're taking all the hospital appointments and they can't get any benefits because all the benefits have been going to you. All of that will happen. And then what will happen? Pity Patel and her minions will shove them back to Europe or some shit like that because their visas will run out in 12 months' time. Yeah. My other thing is this. Do you get to choose which refugees you accept? <laughs> because I swear oh, down, there's a lot of things going on all over the world. And if I can choose who I take, no offence, you don't need me. And I don't need you in my house. Because like Auntie Shadi said, you're, the people who accept them are being screened. Are the people that are coming being screened too? Because who are you having in your house? They were like Auntie Nana said, millions of vacant properties, millions of vacant properties right now. Put them in their pretty, put them in your yard. Are you accepting them in your mansion, Boris? Are you accepting him in yours? Because I swear you lot have got more than one home. Are you taking, are you opening up 10 Downing Street? How many bedrooms are there? accepting his kids about Boris won't accept his own children from his own ball sack, let alone some He's not. So don't be coming to the British public and trying to create more drama between us versus them, because that's what you're trying to do to these poor people who are fleeing war, who are sorry for them. But you're just trying to create more dramas from the people that are here and the people that are going to come. And it's not going to be what they think. If I was a Ukrainian and I had the chance of either going to England or somewhere else, trust me, ain't going to be here. Because history shows you what these people do. They open up their doors, they tell you to come, they you help them build up their country, and when they're ready, they tell you to fuck off back home. Mm. That's that's what's to be expected if you lot come here. When the 350 pounds a month runs out and no one can't do shit, and Pretty's telling you that things have gone up because of them, and it's not even because of them that things have gone up. Things have been going up anyway. Stop blaming them. Stop blaming the fucking war. Things have been going up. Yeah. Everything was set to go up. Before yeah. this war yeah. even started, we all knew yeah. everything was going to go up. To be honest, it was always going to yeah. go up because of Brexit. It was and we've got to recover from COVID. Do you know what I mean? We've been through what a double recession. Like mm-hmm. no one talks about that. It's just insane. Like what? What did? What did they think was going to happen? And now they're just blaming the Ukraine war. It's just such a distraction. It's- all the money that they paid in inverted commas in furlough. What did you not think that was free? Like who's? <laughs> <laughs> Did you not think that was free coin? Like, that, let's not forget the tax that's gone up that they, they snuck underneath us. Yeah, everything gone up. So what you earn? What's today's price? Is not yesterday's price, but in in it's reverse, cool. it's in reverse because people ain't earning what you were earning before. Come April the first. That, that's what they're talking about. The Great Reset. They're making us dependent on them. And I wonder what else will remove. What rights will be removed if we don't own anything? Do you know what I'm saying? And I see Buckingham Palace. Windsor Castle, Balmoral, Ten Downing Street, Houses of Parliament, all of these places open up their blood clot doors for everybody and say, here's a bed, then I'll believe you. 
Until you don't are doing that, don't fucking go to the British public who are fucking suffering after a pandemic and ask us to do shit. There was properties here sitting empty that you lot are not offering. Do that first. Exactly. And, do that first and pay them and pay their bills. The and all those give it to them. Pay those, their bills. All those and what do you call it? Those property owners who are not living in the country, not paying tax, yet they got these properties that are just sitting there empty because they're just stacking their whatever what the percentage is up. All that stuff. There's so many properties, as they say, that's owned by rich folks that are just sitting there with it empty because they just want to have property in the UK to make sure that they can have free reign in the world, wherever. I, I want to get you guys' thoughts quickly on this, yeah. It's just a thought that popped into my mind as, as Farah was talking. Don't you think there's something in the British government really benefiting from this war? Like, Boris Johnson was on the ropes for a second. Like, Absolutely. really... You have this war happening and nobody's actually thinking about it. So you have like bare different industries at a loss for workers, like bare people being like, I can't find workers, I can't find workers. This war takes place, then you, you're not opening your doors properly, like they've got to jump through hoops. Then you get backlash, which you create in the media. Then you'd be like, actually, okay, we're going to make it easier for the Ukrainians to come over and they can work just when you need workers. To yeah. come into the country. Refugees can normally work. How exactly. long do they usually have to wait for a work permit? You ain't even got to do that. As soon as you come, as soon as you come, you can start working. That to me is this is all very convenient for the British. And all they want to do is pay them minimum wage. And let's face it, minimum wage is not that much. This what this does is cover up the shit show that is doesn't because we all know, but it's covered up the shit show of Brexit. They got rid of everybody. They told everyone we disassociated, we got rid of the immigrants, oh we need them back. They can't come out and say, actually we made a mistake. So what they're gonna do is <laughs> <laughs> remember when remember every leader, every struggling leader, you know that every struggling leader has a war. They all have a war when they're struggling. They all have a war. They all have a war. Every single time they're not in favour of the public, especially when they're not in favour of the public, to either prove their balls or to, like, get everyone distracted, there's a war. It's textbook. Happens every fucking time. Every time. I'm not even disagreeing. I just feel because of this, it should just be obvious that we have absolutely no powers. There's nothing you can do about anything. So why... (laughs) Why be scared of a reset? Or not scared, but because what can you... I still think there is... I think the level of apathy allows it to take place, and that's what they capitalise on. That most people are like, you guys are going to do what you're going to do. But there are examples where movements can take place. If it wasn't for the guy that was the co-founder of Reddit, his name's Aaron, can't remember his name. No, he, he, that wasn't Reddit, that was something else, wasn't it? He co-founded Reddit and basically they wanted to totally change the internet when the internet was open and free. And it was all companies coming in together in about 2004. And they were railing to be like, no, we are going to, we're going to, it slowly happened, but they were totally like, we are going to dismantle the internet because the internet was an open source. That's why we had the internet because it was open source. It wasn't done by one company. And governments got together and they was like, you can't have an open source entity like the internet just going out to the public. And within that space, it was one guy who was really young. He rallied so much people power around the world. The internet is still open source because of this one guy. 
So it literally is like, there are revolutionaries. It's if people step forward, eventually they got him and he did, he, they got him on so many different charges. He killed himself, but it is like what he stood for is still implemented today. That's why we have internet around the world. It wouldn't be like that. And this is in our lifetimes. We were, we were young, we were 20, but this is within our lifetimes that this was going to take place. So there are people that are like, we don't have to live in it. We just have to be aware that it's taken place and stop them as they're doing it and not just be like, they're going to do it. That's what they rest on. They rest on humans being like, what can we do? But there's more of us than them. There, there, average there's average more. Person thinks like that anyway. I think the average person is unaware of what's happening. But that's, I think it's good to talk <laughs> and discuss it and see because there's so much bombardment of confusion and propaganda that it's good to ex explore it because who knows? Who knows what conversation will spark the person that's going to be, the, whether it's the Batman the Thor, the person that's going to lead the, the Neo, that's going to lead the anti-movement that possibly could help counter whatever's being done just auto automatically. Auntie Nana, go on with um, what have you heard. Okay, so <laughs> it follows on quite nicely. Yeah, mine is really about the UK seizing goods from the Russian billionaires. Um, all around the country. And I guess most recently them really coming down on Abramovich and, and taking away his directorship at Chelsea and putting sanctions on him. This, what do you guys think? Do you think this is theft? Like a Russian billionaires, they were welcomed into the country. Like it's about 20, 30 years ago, they were wholesale welcomed Wednesday. They disbanded the USSR. You open the doors, you're like, come and bring your money over here, buy places, da, da, da. and then they did that. And now that Russia has gone and invaded Ukraine, now to these guys who were just businessmen, you're like, if you have any type of affiliation to Putin, we are seizing all of your properties, your money, your bank accounts, everything. They're being seized and you no longer have access. Is that theft or is it justified? I thought about this actually and I thought, shit, <laughs> it's tight for them. It's actually really tight for them. Because if it was ever to come out that these Russian billionaires, because of their money and their connections and their positioning, were helping Putin while they're on English soil, mate, it's, it's tight. I don't think they've got, I, I, I think in the art of war, they, they don't really have a choice. Do you know what I mean? And like, really and truly, well, it, it, you would have to, not to say you have to do this, but you would have to ship your assets. You'd have to be in the know to know when this is coming and redirect your assets so it doesn't hurt you. But yeah, but th there's nothing to say. The issue is whether these people, though they might be close to Putin, whether they support him or not, that's the problem. And you can't know that just by being wealthy and Russian doesn't mean that you support Putin at all. I think it's difficult in that sense. But from a kind of like risk adverse point of view, I can understand why they've made that call. I can. I don't think it's necessarily right if you're looking at people as human beings. But it's, yeah, it would be mad. <laughs> It would be because that's it would be espionage, wouldn't it? That's essentially what it would be. So yeah, 
yes, but Tatifara. Yeah, so I thought about this too, because at first I was like, that's stressing it. But imagine if these people do have ties to Putin and they are funding the war. Because we've history again will show that a lot of rich people have funded war and they've got rich from war. So whilst I think that this is why I think it should be investigated rather than it should just be they're clapping man's money because they're Russian and they might have been pictured with Putin once or twice. Because we don't actually know if that money is funding Putin. So I think it needs to be investigated. However, it's dread for them Russians, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine, man's probably on, like, <laughs> universal credit, right? <laughs> However, if they're smart, they'll have their money in an offshore account, because most billionaires do. You're affecting what exactly at this present time? Really? It's just if they're, if they're saying to him that you can't travel, if they've clapped their passports and stuff like that as well and they can't go nowhere, that's a hell of different. I feel sorry for the people that are all the Chelsea supporters because they're not selling no, any new tickets, they're not doing any promotions, they're not being able to sell any merchandise. They are saying that they are going to pay the staff still, but lots of things will be affected. So I feel sorry for those people. But then at the same time, this is what happens when you sell off massive British, in inverted commas, things, isn't it? This is what happens. Yeah, I similarly, I was like, wow, that's a liberty. But it's, as you guys have already said, it's strategic manoeuvres. You can't just have anybody moving up, like operating just anyhow, and you're at war with their people. But it is, again, also, as you said, an investigation. You can't tie everyone in the same brush. What are his, what are his views? What are his um, intentions? Again, you don't know because a, a spy is not going to admit like, oh, yes, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm about to feed all the information to my people then. So... There's nothing you can do. It's like your hands are tied. Bro, you got to... And even if it's posturing, because I'm sure... What's his name? How do you say his surname? Abramovich. I'm sure he's in with everybody. Them football owners are in cahoots and know the thing and know who's part of One thing. Sorry. I know it's war and it's slightly different. Did they clap Andrew's money when they was investigating Jerry... There's a lot of people that they should have stopped their funds and there's a lot of things. It just... And did they clap clap everyone else's money with all the other wars? Depending on the country, they do that. But this is is a strategy. This is is a a serious strategy. I I get it, but I think it's immoral. But then all the people in this mix are moral. I don't even know what Roman's dealings are. They made a mistake. They, they, I don't think they realised, not necessarily realised, but I think it, it's a long play. That's what it seems like to me. It seems like a long play. It's almost like, it is that thing, come here, get whatever you want. Do you know what I mean? And when, when they're looking to turn around and, and slap, slap you on the wrist, that's what they do. And that's what they've done time and time again. I think it's just definitely a long way. That's why I say, you to all them coconuts out there, and you know who you are, when the <laughs> revolution comes, you better make sure you're on the right side. Because when they're ready to tell you, fuck off, come and clean my shoe, that's what you'll be doing. <laughs> the thing is, could you imagine, say if this was like a Caribbean country or... Uh, West Africa. Firstly, we wouldn't hear about it. It wouldn't be in the news. It wouldn't be everywhere. They no, wouldn't no, be no. They'd be no. invaded somewhere mad. Maybe they were backed by, I don't know, let's say China. Everyone loves to use China. So they're backed by China because obviously they can't invade wars on their own. But, <laughs> but like, and they, they invaded somewhere mad. 
yeah? What stance are you taking? Do you know what I mean? As a black person, because the thing is, as black people in the UK, we're like a step removed. This is, it's almost like, it's not just happening over there. It's outside of our culture. It's just not, this is, this doesn't really concern us. This is why it's so frustrating when you see a guy that looks, I'm going to say, looks mixed race, trying to go and fight the war. This has got nothing to do with you, bruv. What are you doing? It's just, but what, if it was like a, an African country or a Caribbean country that's doing this, what's your position? I think, that's so, I think that's totally valid. That's exactly what I was coming to. Let's say it's there's various Nigerian and Ghanaian millionaires over here. Mm-hmm. And let's say one of the leaders invades somewhere. Um, that's of let, let's say they've decided actually we're going to free Congo from the Western influence. Mm. And just because I I have nationality and maybe I supported the party at one stage. All of my assets here should be frozen. That to me is theft. Because you can't directly link me to, I haven't, I support, uh, loads of people support the Conservatives, support Labour, you send, when when they are doing their fundraising, you send them money. That doesn't mean that if you go into Iraq, I support you. That means that when you were doing policies, when you were campaigning two years ago, I supported that campaign. You can't now freeze all of my assets. You can't freeze all of my bank accounts. You can't stop me from selling. You can't stop me from leaving the country. Like, what type of shit is that? That, to me, is wild in what you call a democracy. That How is that democratic? I know what's, what's interesting. So two things, like, I get you see that if it was Nigerian, like, obviously, a Nigerian owns the airport. What the fuck would happen? <laughs> what the fuck? Right? What do you mean? They just take it from him. Like, this it. is no longer yours. No. This is ours. And you can say that to somebody. This is no longer yours. This is- country is if if the other country is against the country that you're in, then yeah. then you are seen as a risk. And this is why I think there was like a period of time. I think definitely growing up where people weren't as political and they weren't so forthcoming with their political alliances and what they actually believed in and stuff because of things like this. Because actually, if you put what you actually think out there, then you're just putting a target on your back. And I thought that was just, I don't know, that was an observation. No, but they always still pay because they they need that for lobbying. Like, they send money to political parties. Most businessmen have... If he can trace it, yeah. I've I've paid this person something. I've paid that. They they will support campaigns. You go to charity events. You know what you're doing, that you're wheeling and dealing. They were happy courting Russian people for money. For years, you've been happy. You've sold them stuff. They've got properties. And now to be like, oh, we're seizing all of this. That to me is so, it's so typically British. Yes. They're thieves. They go around, they steal things. They promise you shit. And then they take it back when they're ready. And nobody is above it. And I hope everybody takes this as a lesson. Even Russians. Nobody is above it. Saying as well, I want to know what Russian. I don't have any Russian colleagues, but I would be interested in what their thoughts are. Like, what? How do they feel about being here? Because I don't like when COVID happened and everyone was calling it the Chinese disease and whatever mm-hmm. kind of thing. There was like this, you know, a whole rally around Chinese uh, restaurants and all that kind of stuff to support and check your biases and all that kind of stuff. Which I thought was really interesting. And, but Russia, maybe because they blend, I don't know. No, but it's like I said last week. Let's think about what places like Sainsbury's and that are doing. It's mm. almost as though all of Russia, 
everyone who has anything to do with Russia, they've been tarnished with the same brush. Yeah. He's like, let's remove Russian vodka. Let's remove the word Kiev. Let's remove these things. Like, I, you know, I, get, I get the imports. I get the imports. I think that... Like, to, change, to change something mm-hmm. called chicken Kiev and yeah, to name it, that is fucking ludicrous. That, that is a weird... Anastasia, that is ludicrous. These mad. things are ludicrous. And I have... And I like I feel like I'm one of those people now. Let's say well, I have Russian friends, but I know there are people. There are people who are also Russian speaking who are being, you know, victimized just mm. for the sake of the fact that they speak fucking Russian, and they're not even they're not even have, they don't have anything to do with it. Not a thing to do with it. And on that note, let's move on. Moving on to aunties know best, where we give you the best advice for, that aunties could give. Auntie Nana, take it away. All right, so this is from a, a Reddit group that is called Am I an Arsehole? And people put in their scenarios and ask you, are they the arsehole in this scenario? So this goes, first, a little background info. My family is extremely religious, Mormon, like purity rings religious. But luckily, me, 27-year-old female, and my siblings went to public school where I now met my new husband, my husband, he's 28, and we met when we were around 13 and 14. To my parents' extreme dismay, he was raised by two gay dads and is Asian. They tried to keep me from seeing him and forbid me from talking to him, but we became friends immediately and started dating. That's when my twin sister decided to tell my family that I had slept with him, which led them to kicking me out when I'm 17 years old. Luckily, my boyfriend's family helped me and I haven't spoken to my family since. This is 10 years. Skipping to today, my husband and I have been happily married for two years and have a five-month-old daughter together. Then a week ago, I get a call from my mother telling me that she is diagnosed with cancer and needs a kidney transplant. My twin sister, we are identical, is a perfect match, but since she is three months pregnant, she can't donate. So I would have to, I hung up on her. She has called me 67 times since, and my entire family are harassing me online. My twin sister even found out my address, showed up at my door, telling me that I was letting my mother die because I was petty over the fact that she didn't insert a slur, want me to marry my husband. Am I the asshole? Yeah, but, <laughs> but I get it. <laughs> I do get it. I do get it. And uh, that would be very difficult. The thing is, I would like to know from if I was the girl, I would like to know like how much time she's got. Do you know what I mean? Because if the twin, who's an exact match, has the baby, and then at the same time they can maybe pop out the, is it a kidney? Yeah. Out the kidney at the same yeah. time. Do you know what I mean? Do a little little. What do you think it is when they have a baby and they do like a was it? No, because if she has a cesarean, get the kidney, and then harvest that for the mum. Do you know what I mean? And then it's all sorted. So she got a lot of time. There's other options. Do you know what I mean? Or there's, I think it's just, it just goes to show, isn't it? Don't be an arsehole to your children because you might need them one day, fucker. (laughs) Auntie Farah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I thought exactly the same thing. 
You've only got six months left until you have your baby. Technically, you could have it at like just before. You could have it at five months, really. <laughs> but yeah, how much more time has a mum got left? Let's address that first before you come to me. Because you weren't coming to me when I had my baby. You've got a full grandchild that you didn't give a fuck about. Don't be ringing me 67 times because you want my kidney. And also, if I give it to you, what if my kidney's it one day? And I've given it to you. I've wasted it on you. Somebody that you don't even, you don't even care about me. I could be dead for you. It's only now you need me, you've come to look for me. But then part of me is also, that is my mum. And I could be the bigger person. And just give it to her. And give it to her and tell her, yeah, look, don't contact me again. But I don't know. It's a hard one because it's someone's life, isn't it? But I swear, I really would feel like I've got a whole twin sister. You can wait. There's, you know, there's things that you can do. There's things that you can do, love. You can go on. Uh, you, they can. I'm sure they can operate. It's your kidney. It's not near your womb. I wouldn't know if a twin is using it as an excuse to get out of it. Like, deep like, it's an easy excuse, like, to say, I'm pregnant. I can't do it. Because maybe she's scared or she doesn't want to either. So mm. it's like, no, nah, love, let's, let's find out how long mum's got. And then you could actually have your baby nice and nice and then go and do it yourself because you lot are all in cahoots and, and you lot have got the relationship. So leave me out of it. Depending on that term of not speaking to the family ever since, if it's a thing where there's been absolutely no contact, no one's reached out, no one's done absolutely anything, then you're calling up to do a live. Who knows? It's a pretty straight operation. It doesn't mean to say that things can't go wrong. And that random time when you are the one, that percentage that it goes wrong and you've done that for someone who's just discarded you for all this time so now don't try it twin you're trying it you don't want to do it either you actually are trying it and you're trying to get out of it and put it on me like you're going to call me up out of the blue after you snitched on me and got me into this I'm excommunicated from my family f you awesome. i definitely think it'll be difficult because especially if, depending on where this woman is emotionally if she's pining for her family missing her mum, and maybe if she's in that space where maybe if i do this i'll finally get my family back don't know about that so that emotional kind of depression that when people are in, when they just want their family, regardless of what's been done to them, hopefully she's not in that state and then just doing it out of guilt and wanting to reconcile because the worst would, thing would be that you give your shit over and it's still the same situation afterwards. That wouldn't be very nice either. So there's a whole heap of work that needs to be done before this re reconnection. It can't be done with a kidney, I don't think. So Auntie Nana. <laughs> I... I... No, I, I agree with all of you. I am like 10 years not speaking to somebody and you chucked me out at 17. I think the fact that you even called me up for a, a part of my body is an audacity too far. Like literally, like you should have, you could be like, oh, I'm going to send word somehow. It's going to filter to her and maybe she'll come forward. But to call me up and demand a body part that I could give you and die. It's not a simple, like I could lose my life for you, but you chucked me out at 17 years old just because I fell in love with an Asian man who was brought up by two gay dads. Like really, like, I get you're a Mormon and shit, but I think if you could chuck me out for that, you also shouldn't want my kidney because if you die, are you going to be able to go to heaven? Right. Yes. Yes. It goes against you, innit? It's with this Asian man, two gay dads. Da, da, da. So yes. now my oddly parts are okay for you. That doesn't make yes. sense. Feel like your God would be like, you can't come in. You're on poor. Just gonna say, isn't her? Isn't her infected? Yeah, with yeah. Literally, it should be like that. Are you? Why would you want to live with yeah. my kidney in you? Now you're going to. You don't want me in your house, but you want me in your body. 
yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. I actually I would be like, it doesn't make sense you know for me to give you my body part because yeah. you are now not gonna be able to go to heaven. Before I give you my body part, you'd have to come to my house every day and repent. <laughs> it's not a, or I'm doing it and you've got to give me a million pounds. Those yeah. are my terms. Pay me a million pounds, you can have my kidney. Yeah. Got a whole no. There's got to be a whole lot of healing and steps, stepping stones to that a space. Million. It's not you even, know. it's not a chat, a million in my bank account, you can have my kidney. All right. I wanted to get one off. And um, sister has to name the kid after me as well. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a boy or a girl. Actually, <laughs> after my husband, not even me, after yeah. my husband. Um, over, after his dad. There's an ethnic name in thrown in for top measure as well. The gay dads and the Asian husband. Everybody and an ethnic name, name 100%. <laughs> All right, I just want to get one of our favourite place, um, Dear Prudence, on Slate magazine. I just love their, their problems. This one just made me laugh. Help, my fiancé wants me temporarily out the house to be on a dating show. So basically, obviously, it's saying that I have a problem that keeps getting worse. The more I think about it, my fiancé wants to go on a reality show. Not just any reality show, but a dating show. Not one like The Bachelor, but similar. But the fiancé obviously wants to present that they're single so that they can get this money. I don't even care about what we, advice we're going to give them. Would you guys do that? If you knew the bag was potentially in, would you get rid of your whole family situation? Auntie Nana, would you get rid of your husband to present as you're single and just to go on a reality show to potentially win whatever bag they're offering? I feel like me and Russ have actually spoken about similar because there was somebody recently on, it was Lucinda. It was said that she had a boyfriend that was a footballer yeah. and had gone on and they knew. That's why she was a bit tetchy. Yeah. And, and that's we, what we, we discussed it. Like literally, okay. So it, obviously it's hard because we're married, but when we were like living together, so cohabiting, we did agree that this could be a thing. Because if it would elevate one of our brands, it's cool, isn't it? There's, you put in place stipulations. All right, so you can wine someone, you can lips them, but no full prenotation sex and no fingering or anything like that. It was you, you could do that because then your brand's elevated and then we'd give it a couple of months and then we're just going to get back together. So I'm up for those types of things. But now we're married. We've got our wedding pictures out there. It's long. We couldn't really do that. But if there was a still a you way could, to do it, I would just... feign a breakup. You could feign a breakup. I would think about it. It depends what the show is. I'm up for that. I'm up for that hustle. Everything is fake. Why can't I be a part of this? Like, I'm not above faking it. I'm really not. Auntie Shadow. Absolutely. What do you mean? What's <laughs> Where's the problem? I can't see that. That's the word. Where's the problem? <laughs> I'm looking for it. I can't find it. Um, hundred percent. In fact, I was on a show, and um, it was a show. <laughs> it was a show for dating, and I had a boyfriend at the time, and I had to phone him and ask him. <laughs> and I was just like, "Yeah, I really want to be a presenter, and this could be my big break." So. Yeah, and he was just like, okay, cool, no problem. And then they phoned my best friend, and they were just like, does she have a boyfriend? She was like, no. <laughs> no, no, it was street mate. Do you know street oh, mate? I love street mate. Yeah, I remember you, you said told that. me about this, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, so yeah. You, yeah, yeah. So you didn't lips play? No. You just, like, elevated it in lips. Not that like that. Play your lovely guy, absolutely lovely. But, nah, we're brethren. We're, we're, that's my homie. So. 
Atifara, would you break up your happy home for this? No, but no one's breaking up their happy home. The happy home is like getting bigger and better and, and fatter in wage. I mean, it, what makes me laugh is that at least 50% of all people that go on reality shows, dating ones, are in relationships. And it always comes out after. It always comes out after. Re, re, the reality shows we know are not like they were before. They're just not. They are a way of people presenting themselves to the world and getting their platform out there. That's what they're for. It's like a fucking long audition tape, isn't it? That's yeah. actually what it is. It's not like Big Brother Series 1. It's not like that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, why not? You can even live with me <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> but would you go and... What am I watching at the moment? Oh, um... Two Bucks Handle, one of them mad Love is Blind. Love is Blind. Love is Blind. Actually, yeah. I tell a lie. I probably would go on Love is Blind. You know why? Because you can say no when you get to the altar. And there's people that have gone on Love is Blind and they've not had sex with the other person. They've yeah. not done any of that. So maybe I would. It's just the stiff... It would have to be like Auntie Nana said. You've got to present your, your case thoroughly and you've got to say these are the things that you cannot do. It made me laugh that you said fingering. It just made me be like, <laughs> I hate the word. People think it's grey. It's a grey. No, I, I just like, I hate the word. But yeah, you have to. There have to be clear rules. But if your relationship is strong and like really strong, not this like wishy washy, it have to be strong. You have to honour what you said. Maybe both of you could go on at the same time. <laughs> what, right. it, it starts to get risky because i feel like obviously the woman will be like yeah, okay man go and do it the man would not let the woman do it standard as far as i'm concerned man would be like, you're not going on any type of stuff i believe that a man would not let their woman do this if we're talking to men if we had a brief conversation about this all the women be like my wife's not doing it and women be like okay no <laughs> you think so no i think as long as you don't make them look like an idiot, if it's for a common goal where they're going to benefit, they're on it. I think they'll be on it. They're on it, man. Seriously. Oh, uh, yes. Do you know what? Okay. I think, do you know what? Sorry, my bad. I didn't think about this. I didn't think this through when I said it. Because they know we're so easily disposable that if we fuck up, this whole no fingering, no penetration, men will be like, okay, she does anything, she's gone. I'll just find my next chick. A woman, it's true. A woman be like, nah, it's too easy. You're not going, you're not going because you will definitely not abide by the rules and I probably will end up taking you back anyway, whatever the case is. So yeah, no, nah, no, nah, it's true. It's the other way around. Um, I just don't think anyone will abide by the rules because you have to allow them to do the whole hog to get the money. Because how can you put stipulations? Don't finger, don't fuck, don't do anything. It's not going to work. You've got to be that that reality shows that don't do any of that. I'm saying, like, a worst case scenario, in the sense of you've got to get the bag, you've got to be the, get the most attention, yeah. you've got to cause the most drama, there's, you've got to do the most to be the winner, in whatever that most is. Yeah, people do this all the time. All right, say nothing. It's not, it's not my house. Are, are you doing it? Are you going to do it? Are you going to no, do no, it? No, I don't think... It makes sense. I just, I think it's idealistic to say that, yeah, I'm going to break my happy home. That's if I'm in a stable relationship. No matter how stable you are, that, especially something like Love is Blind, when they pair you with someone that's definitely possibly going to be your match, they, they, because they take all your credentials, they take all your likes and dislikes, they try and find. Even, in, even in this series, this guy, he was trying to mask it, but he had some ex girlfriend who came around one day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Seriously. 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 
problematic. But the thing is, it's just, do you know what I mean? Like, if you know what you're on, then it doesn't matter. Like, why? why? I just don't think it's gonna, you're going to survive. What is it? What's the one? What's the film? Indecent Proposal. It's that situation. I didn't think The whole thing is, the, the wine and dined. They said, look, we're in it together. And when it came down to it, they broke up, didn't they? But there was sex involved. Yeah. And then the yeah, they lost fully I'm saying it's so easy. You plan for what's going to happen. You just plan. I don't think if you're in a relationship, you should explore this option because you can't <laughs> plan. Though the, the world is out there and though you can break up and all this shit is right, I just don't think... You might as well just say, let's break up and see what I've gone. There's people that went on one of them... To, to maybe Not too hot to handle. One of them type of shows anyway that's on um, Netflix and it's actually made the relationship stronger. That they've gone on as a couple and they've gone to separate parts, separate islands. I don't know what it is. And they've is it one of those before. Temptation Island. That's it. I think it's Temptation Island. And they've explored relationships with other people, and and they've come out at the end of it, and it's made their relationship stronger. But that's okay. Cool. Go for it. Take that risk. But my thing is that this is not that. This is like one of you goes off into the great unknown, and then <laughs> you've got, to, and then you've got to set rules up and it back at home. Like you can't do this, that, and the other. But that's not going to win the game. No, I'm, I'm, uh, I think it's more about exposure. So it's, to me, I would see it like going on The Apprentice. I wouldn't necessarily go on there like I'm going to win to be a partner with Anne Sugar. Mm. I would go on The Apprentice to be like, how many weeks could I survive in there to yeah. just raise my profile? That's what I would go on. So for a dating thing, I'd be going in there like, all, right, all I need to do is survive like five weeks. Five you. weeks. It's not you. You are obviously the person's in control. It's the partner. You're letting your partner. Oh, I, mean, I, I would have my husband do it too. You've got five oh, weeks. You can yeah. survive with lips in and whatever, but raise the profile, make everybody like you, even if you get dashed out, so that then in a little while it's just going to get more income in. I would just see it like that. And if we break up, and then I'm going to sell stories to OK and Hello magazine. It's a win win <laughs> for me. Win win. We talked about it so many times. I was like, this is, let's try. It was always around the diet, though. It was like, let's get skinny and buff and try and get on these shows. And then it never happened. Yeah. Then kids came. On that note, let's move on to for the culture. This is where we talk about what's popping in the popular culture streets. What's going on? What's going on, guys? We've got Kanye. Oh, my God. More Kanye, more Kanye, and more Kanye. I also... He's not on his own, though, is he? I'm just saying, there's all of we can talk about it. There's more Kanye, and there's the weekend. I had a wonderful weekend, but also just generally British black content going nuts over this weekend, a celebration of black British culture. We got Will Smith talking about there's not been any fidelity in his marriage. Okay, people have got a lot to say about that, I'm sure. And we've got Kim Kardashian talking about people need to work, just work, damn it, just work. What do you want to talk about first, guys? It's got to be British culture. I'm up for that shit. Let's talk about fucking your weekend, top boy, top girls, all of that. Top, I mean, top, 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 top. There's just, I feel like there's not much to say, but there's a lot to say. It's just very wonderful to see us out in force and the community. So basically, this weekend has been a weekend of promotions, premieres, and stuff like that. So the Top Boy season two, they had their premiere on Friday and that was quite nice to be around. It's a popular, for what it's worth, it is a road story and they have expanded to try and make it more deeper than the first bout, first round. And they had the premiere, so some people like Ashley Walters, Kano, Little Sims, Saffron Hocking, Jasmine Jobson, 
a very stellar, diverse cast of representation that people talking about. The theme is theme, but it, it, was, it was a bit of a moment having everybody together in the room. And then we went on to the weekend to have the BAF. Well, actually, there's a few things. Mobo's hosted a screening of Young, African and Famous, a new reality, that's coming, reality show that's coming out. And then we had the BAFTA Awards where James Samuel won outstanding debut from a British director, writer, producer, or screenwriter, yeah, director, writer, producer for his film, The Harder They Fall, which we've championed and loved. We yeah. had um, Cherish Taker, a young British director who has filmed The Black Cop, which talks about a black British cop who suffered homophobia during his time in the Met Police Force. That won Best British Short Film. We had, we, yeah, so we also had, and, and a wider culture, sorry? Where can we see the cop film? I think, I don't know, I'll find out before the end of the show. I think it's on BFC, BFI Player. I think you can get it there. I will double check that fact. Thank you. Um, also had, what else? We had Will Smith winning a BAFTA for Best Actor in his film King Richard, where he played Richard Williams, and then Questlove won Best Documentary for the brilliant, I keep talking about the fucking Summer of Soul, bad yeah, boy yeah. documentary. So the BAFTAs were a bit black, and of course, Lashana Queen, Lashana Lynch won. I was waiting for you to say that. E.E. <laughs> BAFTA Rising Star. These yeah. times, though she's not a rising star, but when the mainstream takes note, that's when they decide to reset your career and start you from the beginning. How long have most people been in it? Like, it's usually 10 years, and then you get Yeah, they've, they've literally that's done like their Sims, isn't it, in her Brit? Yeah, what I'm saying exactly. So it's just it was just a moment, and then after all these uh, wonderful things, there was the BAFTA parties for the first time I was invited, and it was just a moment of seeing the community of creatives that are part of the world that I'm a part of with the British Blacklist just coming together and celebrating our wins. Daniel and he, there was a moment where Lashana he was celebrating Lashana Lynch, and she gave a little speech in the party, just talking about we're all here, we've been doing this, and it's just moving forward together as a community of culture and homies and people have done this and know what's going on. It's just been really nice. And so that was my... Can I stop? Like, Daniel yeah. party. Who was there? Was the Holy Spirit person that's been helping him out, that's been in the papers, was she also there as well? No, there was no sign of that. I've been told on story that's a, a crock of shit, that story that's going around. So he's um, not being coached by a guru who is like, my sidekick like <laughs> we don't have a guru no. with crystal i mean obviously like at the end of the day um i am not the all-seeing eye of the world but as but far you as didn't I see anybody that looked like they were a absolutely guru. not one type of person that had any type of holy spirit control over daniel dk at the party yeah. it was not that um, at all it was literally everybody in the room like you had bookie bakaray kosa ali these are the two leading stars that were in rocks the phenomenal film rocks you had AMPR who helped um, Daniel put this party on, uh, Amber Moretto, who also helped me with my lunch alongside Fire Force Productions. Um, so AMPR put on the party, doing big things there. We had people like Susan Wakoma, Zawe Ashton. You had with her partner, Tom Hiddleston, who's um, Loki. And he was there. Really? Had, yeah. And Loki yeah. was in the place, yeah? Yeah, and Deliri. It was a mixed bag of people. You had... Oh Can you gosh, David, the Vogue one as well. Okay, I'm gonna get to that. David Ajala was in the room. We had who else was in the room? We had Kobe Yates, with Yates' stylist brother. He was in the room. We had who's your date for the evening? Little Sims. I'm getting to that. And <laughs> uh, my now you've asked me. My date was um, Shiesty, who's in the writers' room right now, doing cooking up some big things. Shiesty, for those who don't know, a musician actress who dominated the grime scene as a woman in the space and also she was a lead actress in Dub Plate Drama which is a series that was 
Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. Daniel. working on so she's in the writer's room, like she's doing a production she's doing of music. She's doing TV stuff. She's doing some stuff. Oh, okay, okay, cool. She's doing some stuff. So there's so many people in the room. It's like it's a phenomenal moment. And going to the Vogue party, seeing Edward Enfield in his element. That was wonderful. The editor of Vogue, Naomi Campbell. Who else? Jordan Did you Dye. say Naomi? Yes, they did. We actually had a big hug. We actually had a big hug. I really loved seeing Edward in the middle of everyone brocking out. Yeah, this probably like. Listen. <laughs> Ed and Ellen Phil, and even Miss Miss Auntie Naomi, everyone was getting down. It was very nice. It's very humanizing when you're in this industry. That's one thing I must say. Like being in this industry and the star power and stuff, and especially the elevation of black folks, it's really important that we see, especially from the UK, we see our star power mm. and the way our culture is so dominant. Because in that moment, you're in at you're in a lush, plush members club, Vogue, Tiffany, and then in the middle is all the black folks just chilling and our culture is dominating you've got everybody else jamming to our time so our music is it's, it's a phenomenal moment to see i don't want to dominate the conversation about it i don't know if you guys saw well, it means or... like i think sometimes we downplay how powerful our black british culture is because we're british and there's that kind of reservedness that uh, americans can dominate but actually what we do over here really does translate to various different markets and it's really important that we do champion that because it's us. So the fact that there are so many actors out there in Hollywood, because that's where the industry is, doing really well. But we sell so much of ourselves to them and don't get the recognition. Whether it's fashion, music, we really do add quite a few bits to the spice of human life. And we don't always ring our own bell and be like, you know what we're about. So it was lovely looking through your feed on the British Blacklist and just seeing all of the different faces and the sounds and everybody mixing. It's amazing. It's very important that we actually continually highlight that because it's not everybody that's going to do that for us. We need to be a bit more Nigerian. I've said this early on in our things, like we need to... What does that mean? What does that no, mean? Because Nigerians are great at hyping themselves, the megaphone of Africa. And it's important that more people actually look at how Nigerians celebrate themselves and we start doing that. We step into uh, our greatness. I think Nigerians are perfect at that. You know, they, they will hype themselves. Not many people will do that. I admire you guys for that. You're the hype masters. So why do we get so much hate then? That's everybody. Anyone who's like please, <laughs> not gaslight me at all. Because you're the hype masters. <laughs> it's <laughs> jealousy. It's like, I mean, it's like anyone who's. Thank I'm, you, Nana. Thank you for the honesty. Thank you. That's all right. We can move on. It's the truth of it. It's jealousy. Yeah. You're the hype masters. There's a lot of you. You are like the biggest populace. Yes. But you're also like, you step into. There's always an argument about humility. And I think actually sometimes we don't understand what humility really means in its true sense it isn't to just be like humble humility is also knowing the power that you have within yourselves and I think Nigerians are great at that they are great at being like we are great that's also a part that's, of humility. Uh, I was gonna say that's like Americans and Americans get a lot of hate America gets a lot of hate for its self-belief yeah, we are, this is us, we do this. And I think like us um, Black British people coming from the Caribbean and Africa, we also need to be like, our experiences are very different because yeah. home is a bit, it's a myriad, isn't it? It's like home in the islands, home in the continent, but home in Britain. But it's a very different experience. And we need to sell that because our spirit is also 
empowered by so many different facets and we're special and we need to be a bit more like actually what we've got is special and it's not an offshoot of america it's a different flavor it's us yeah we have to be a lot more bossy about who we are and i think that applies again nigerians lead the charge in that americans lead the charge in that i think jamaicans might be stereotypically out of the caribbean islands they lead the charge in having that braggadociousness but i think as british black people we've taken on the culture of British reservedness. And we're not very good at celebrating ourselves because it becomes like, oh, you're showing off. We default to, oh, you're showing off. They, you'll think you're too nice. When actually, what is wrong with celebrating us? So when you're in these spaces with us celebrating us and removing that British dominance, that, that colonial mindset, the reservedness, who are we? Because black people are quite, we're showy in general. We like nice things. We like to show ourselves. But when we take on the colonizer's personality, in the UK, we downplay ourselves. Yeah. And we don't always recognise that someone being confident and dominant and direct about who they are and what they're doing, we don't recognise that as power. We recognise that, we acknowledge that as like arrogance or mm. bad behaviour. Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Farah, you're giving lots of expressions. What do you think? No, I agree with you. I do. I, I say that all the time. What's wrong with saying you're a genius if you're a genius? There's nothing wrong with it. If you, there's nothing wrong with saying that you're great if you're great. Why not? You've got to be your best promoter. That's yeah. what I think. Yeah. That is, that is, that is the truth. And, and I think that's getting better. I love Kanye. And moving on to Kanye. No, you've got, we, we, there's still, I swear there's another party to go. Yeah. Oh, the Netflix, sorry, my bad. The Netflix party, that was like, my journey was Netflix, Vogue, then Daniels. Netflix was, again, they are like, we, I've got a great relationship with Netflix UK. They've really supported Rich Blacklist in more ways than I can count. And we and in, when I got the invite, I was like, oh my god, my first! And that was actually my first BAFTA party invite officially. After party invite, so yeah, Netflix party was very good as well. Lots of people in the room, but it was one of those nights where everyone was like, okay, so where are you going next? What's going first? Which one? Which one are you doing first? Where are you going? And I had the timetable planned. Did you go to from really... Friday to Sunday? How many? Okay, parties? so Friday was I didn't go. Ah, yes, Friday. I actually went to Afro Paradise after I went to the top. I didn't go to the top by after party. I chose to go to the Afro Paradise. Big up the team behind Afro Paradise with Auntie Sade. That was a fun night. I regretfully I had to you was wearing a crop top. Auntie Sade, was you wearing a crop top too? And and Batty Riders? No. Did what? you have your legs out? I can't remember what I was wearing. What was I wearing? She had a very lovely, sexy, and shout out. Let me just say this now on the podcast. Daily Paper, can you kit out the aunties, please? Yeah. Because Daily Paper, when I talk about, when I talk about black-owned brands and high and fashion, this yeah. is my dream. I want to be kitted out all the time, forever and ever, in black owned brands. Daily Paper, I love you. you look, you've you served the purpose for my BAFTA dress, and I loved it. And then Auntie Sade killed it in her Daily Paper dress at the Afro Paradise party. Okay, okay. We, so can we have pictures going up, please, so that everybody can see what you guys were wearing? Because I, I, I only saw your picture. I saw a crop top, and I was like, Look at that. She's got a crop top on. That's amazing. But that was, that was to be fair, Zara. That's the mix it up, mix I was, I'm talking about the look, but I didn't know what Auntie Sade wore. So I didn't post in my feed. I posted my story. But yeah, I was wearing a daily paper dress in Ghana from the pop-up shop there. And yeah, it was really good. Actually, because we're all women, I'll say this. I didn't have to wear a bra. It was the oh, first time. Yes. What a dress without wearing a bra. Like first time ever, and I'm a yeah, because I've never done that. So yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm now even more intrigued to see what this dress is because I've so never. I was, done that. I was really surprised. I was a bit like, oh, I'm not sure, but yeah, it went all right. It went all right actually. 
Yeah, I say more black brands in the mainstream, please. More black please. brands in the mainstream, please. That's I'm my up for a sponsorship. If they are like seriously, please. But I, literally, I'm in love. I've been in love with Daily Paper. I love Daily Paper. I love everything about them. And I went in there with intention and purpose, and then I came out with a fucking fantastic dress, mate. Your dresses, it was lovely. It was gorgeous. I must say, shout out to Kurt Geiger because for my feet and my issues with stilettos, I must say, Kurt Geiger, not black owned, but however. Their shoes do me a solid when I go out. More times than not, I can stand the night in their shoes. And I, I had a beautiful pair of Diamante sandals that they, they, they that, that, that went well with me. Anyway, come on, move on. It's Kanye. I know you guys get into Kanye. I know. Can we talk about Kim first, please? Go on, Kim. Then that's Auntie Nana's story. Go ahead. Oh, so it's really like the variety piece that everybody, I'm sure, has seen where Kim is with her sisters and her mother and she stands up and says, I have the best advice for any woman in, in business and what you need to do is work hard. And then there was a mighty backlash against her. Yeah, she said, you need to get off your fucking ass and you need to work. Gotta work. She did a Molly May, and everybody <laughs> came for her ass like, really, Kim? Have you been working hard? And should you be the person to spread this message? I just want to know what you guys think. Is Kim okay to spread this message that all people need to do to be successful is work hard? I just think, for me, I would like to go. I just think people need to stop talking. I've, I've decided to stop talking because it's not that you're so dis disconnected from the real world. And a lot of stories have come out, not a lot, there have a few stories come out with employees of the Kardashian organizations or whatever, that they've been underpaid, they've been overworked. And it could be just disgruntled employees. We are always disgruntled as employees. Most of the time we've got, we always want to complain about the boss and the treatment. So there could be an element of this is the job, you didn't have to take, you don't have to stay employed. However, there have been accounts, talk People have come out and said, yeah, when I was working for the Kardashian brand or exactly. whatever, it was Kim Kardashian, that wages were dark, the limitations of how else, where else they could spread themselves and work elsewhere, all this type of limitations and just bad behavior, basically, and that's what it was portrayed. So I think that Kim should not have spoken on this, to be honest, as she shouldn't have said what she said. In general, I don't, and I don't necessarily think that's true, correct? That, yes, there's an element, I think there's a surface conversation where everyone just thinks that everyone wants to be a reality star everyone wants to be go the american pop idol route the x factor route and then they get famous and yes we have an element of that so there's a new line of being rich and successful that's gone through the influencer getting on a reality show and making money the quick in quotes quick way but it mm. also isn't actually easy to do all of that but this kind of poster paintbrush where Everyone just wants to be famous. Everyone just wants to be rich without working hard. That's not true because the world is built on the backs of the working class. And the working class are called the working class for a reason. They are working and they're underneath propping up the whole world. So you can't say that no one wants to work. It's, it's, it's a conversation, sure, but who are you speaking to? And which it's not the majority that are propping up the world. It's a minority of people, when we look at it, that think that getting rich quickly is the way forward and being on reality shows and doing, and doing exactly what you did, Kim. And plus you come from a moneyed family as well, Kim. So what exactly, who are you talking to? What are you actually saying? What's your point here? I don't, I don't know. I just think it was a misdirected point. She didn't need to make the point. It wasn't for her to say it. Auntie Shade. I just think she was the wrong messenger. I, I don't really have a problem with her message as much. Although, <laughs> I, I just think like, 
because I do agree. I do agree with her. To be honest, like I think, obviously not now, but I over the many years that I've run a business, I've hired people. Do you know what I mean? And a lot of them, unfortunately, very work shy. I don't think it just applies to women either. I know that was for like International Women's Month and mm. stuff. I don't think it just applies to women at all. But I think actually, just to clarify something, there are different types of work now as well do you know what I mean so although influencing isn't seen as real work it is it's tiring it's you have to plan ahead you have to take pictures all the time sometimes when you don't want to you have to be creative how do you even quantify that do you know what I mean and you have to like manage you have to be on most of the time to be honest and if you're a serious influencer you don't actually have a lot of time to be off so there is that but people don't value that but people make a living from that they do and Kim is obviously probably number one in that but yeah I just think that she was the wrong messenger but I think a lot of people do what they just do the bare minimum in their jobs they do the absolute bare minimum and they want the results and it's just you're not going to get the results if you do the bare minimum so yes you do have to work you do have to work you do have to put in I, I think there's this this like falsity that's put out there it, entrepreneurship is very cool at the moment it's been cool for the last a couple of years and people just literally think I can start a business and then customers are just going to come to me and I'm just going to make loads of money and I'm going to be able to do all the advertising I'm going to be able to do all this and that do you know what I mean and just not understand how much goes into running mm. a business how much goes into these things and influencers are mini businesses as well. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I just think it translates in that way to me. And yeah, like I see it time and time again that people want in something for nothing. No, no, darling, no. If you sit in your ass and do nothing all day, you're not gonna get a result. Like you're just not, it doesn't work like that at all. You have to put it in. And people like don't understand that with entrepreneurship, it's not a nine to five. You have to work crazy hours. Those working in that way is currently seen as unhealthy. So it's always all about balancing your mental health and self-care and all this kind of stuff. But honestly, unless you're lucky or you're born into wealth, you, you're not going to get that break. You're not, that doesn't, it doesn't work like that. You have to work every single hour under the sun to be able, you have to outwork yourself your competition like you have to outwork everybody just to even slightly get ahead just to maybe even just break even and maybe not even make a profit and you have to do that consistently over i would say a problem a, a, a minimum of five to seven years for you to actually get ahead and that's the reality do you know what i mean but people don't want to hear it and because kim is saying it, people definitely don't want to hear it because <laughs> She is a woman that's been born into wealth, very privileged. But yeah, if you really, but if you, re, if you can like put that in a little box about who she is, that if you want to be an entrepreneur, like that is literally what she's saying is what you have to do to get ahead. Absolutely. There's no days off. Auntie Farah. Yeah. She just is the wrong messenger, really. That's it. That's all I've got to say. I, it, it's the same. I, we, we've been on this very podcast and we've spoken about her sister, Kylie, and about how Diddy was calling her, I can't remember what, what his actual words were, but he basically was talking about how she's a hardworking, she's 
an icon because of she's worked so hard to get where she is and all of the stuff. And I think those people and people with rich parents whose parents have given them a leg up don't have the same hurdles in in the way as your average Joe. Yeah. So whilst they may work hard, and I can't say that when they get to that point, they're not working hard, they haven't had to do the same things to get to the point to launch their businesses. Exactly. And that's why, message, wrong person. Yeah. Auntie Nana. That, that's exactly it. Nothing in isolation that she said is wrong. But in a way, what she's saying is shitting on people because it's not about work. That's one part of it. She didn't mention finances. Now you can work your ass to the ground. If you don't have, when you are now cash poor, somebody to prop you up so that you can continue with your business, it's not gonna happen. And working isn't it. And that's the thing where it's, it's a wrong message to be like, you need to just work, it's not that. There are people with four jobs working their asses off all the time and it's not going to happen for them. You will always continuously be in working. It's insane to say to people, just work hard. That to me is a little bit of an agent move because that's not the truth. It's not just about working. That's one facet. It's working smart. It's working with the right people. It's having the right community around you. It's having access to credit. It's also having the right advocates so that you can move in the right ways. It's not just about working. There's so many other parts to success than just working hard. That's one thing, but it's not the be all and end all because there are a lot of people that really know how to work hard, but they don't have advocates. They don't have access to finance. They don't have anybody to prop them up and they definitely don't have the backbone to be able to go to one of the best minds in business that is your mother that is going to advocate to you, that's going to get you to factories and be on their level. It's not that simple. And they do not have the access to the surgeons to turn your face and your body into what is the acceptable standards of beauty so that you guys can sell pretty much anything. That's not available to everybody. So you're talking to a very specific type of woman to say all you need to do is work. And it's, you're not the person to say that because you guys also steal a hell of a lot of ideas from black women yes. and you don't pay them. So it ain't about work. I, I have no doubt that Kim every day gets up and does something. I have no doubt that sh that's what she's doing. But don't negate that you didn't have a cushion there. Because I know if I had a cushion and the mind, my mother's mind was like Chris's mind, Dude, I'd be a billionaire too. I could bet my bottom dollar on it. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to get there. It's just, it's going to be harder to get there than you. So I'm and not going to listen to you talking about work. Really? It, it, to me, it's not. It, it, it is, you're stoking fires. I actually think like you're a piss taker. Really. But that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, and also, that's what I'm saying. Who's that audience? Who are you talking to? Because we're in a society that has dumbed us down in, from school. From school society, they're not teach like they've removed the apprenticeship, they've moved removed like laborious jobs where you even get an understanding of work because the physicality of working hard. People like there's people, the old school generations will look, you're doing media, that's not a hard job. We used to be out in the fields picking whatever, or stacking chopping wood, or anything that's physical labor in the factories from sun up to sundown. Those type of physical 
laborous tasks have been removed and they push these kind of like academic kind of roles and stuff like that they've removed the physical labor so it doesn't make sense to anyone that if you're not actually out there breaking your body you're breaking your back then you're not working hard but actually and not to remove what kim and her family do because most definitely it's hard to maintain what they maintain that empire no doubt about it because when you talk to influencers especially from that perspective posting every day making sure you're on demand you've got to document every single month i find it hard so it took me all day to put up one post about the weekend that i had but i know i had to do it because part of what that's the machine that i'm under as a, a media person it took me the whole freaking day so i could i won't underestimate that but i just think who are you talking to when you people are in this position don't gaslight us it's not a question yeah you are you are definitely the wrong messenger but if you're gonna speak because i don't think she should be removed from speaking but come from a place of honesty and reality think about it a bit more who are you telling tell the schools that are teaching children that you can just go to the unit or whatever, just removing life lessons, real talk lessons in class. We don't get taught, we just talk, what's one plus one? How do you string a sentence together? But what about, how do you live when you've left school? What is the, what is the paying your bills, maintaining your finances? If you want to, you don't get taught, I didn't get taught entrepreneurial schools and, and skills in school. Yeah. They don't, they prepare you for being a worker bee. They don't prepare you for being the queen bee. They'd never give that. But if I'm a queen, but especially being of color, and knowing that the system isn't built for me necessarily and working in a nine to five in a place that doesn't see me as a human and where a lot of black folks and people of color go into entrepreneurial businesses because they can't work for the man as it were then where are the skills for that so who are you talking to kim who are you telling you're not telling the right people and yeah i think there is a lack and i, and I think that's the problem reason why we do have workers who think that it just comes easy, or they don't have to work hard but however for every person that thinks it's easy, there are people out there that don't. So it, yeah, for all of us who are entrepreneurs and looking for people to work with, we do go for that problem like, my God, we've hired, well, we've worked or trialed out 10 people and then there's one diamond in the rough. But that's been societal as well. Like di that one diamond in the rough, it tends to be the narrative of society. So it, are we going against the grain of having people that don't fit the, fit the, fit, fit the mold? Because you know what I'm saying? Like that conversation about finding mm. one special person, that's what we've grown up around in life. They always say there's not many of that special person that makes sense to what we need to move forward. So I don't know if even if human, if we're bucking the trend or we're just moving as is. So when we're saying that we can't find someone to work with because they think ABC, is that just not par for the course as well? That's something to consider. But we're not taught to that. We're, we're shown X factor and that's it. And that's not our fault, that's society's fault. We as yeah. humans are susceptible to the brainwash. We are, we've proven that time and time again, we are susceptible to brainwash. So when society is telling me you can go to a, a freaking TV show, sing with half a note and then become the top billing singer, what else is there? We've sold the game. And I don't know, I just do more diligence. Don't talk to us like we're fucking dumb and don't do that. Just don't, I think that's irresponsible of her, of Kim. I and I just, she, sir. Go on, go on. I don't know, who is she talking to? That's the thing, I don't think she's talking That's my to. thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's not talking to us, but so uh, I think that her audience, maybe they can take for that from what she's saying and stuff. And like in her audience will, will have an understanding of how much they work or the Kardashians work in their way. Do you know what I mean? Whether that's through what they do on social media, whether they do, because they do exercise as well. I know people don't believe them, it's just surgery, but they do exercise and stuff <laughs> and maintaining that kind of lifestyle. Do you know what I mean? That's also work. I can't do what they do in terms of exercise. No fucking way, man. Do you know what I mean? I think, I, like, 
when you go into that space, you can learn that. So if you don't learn that quickly, the minute you go into a space where you need to make money or you want to do what you want to do, people learn that. So what? I think it goes back to what I said before. No one is negating any of the work that they do now, but her message was all you've got to do is get up and work. And as I said, she started like 10 paces ahead of everybody else because she had her family and not just Chris's brain, but Chris's money and Robert Kardashian's money. Yeah. And Robert Kardashian's dad's money. Randy's credit card. I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm conflicted, yeah, because... I think, like, as someone who's not, mm, I think I'm pretty average. Do you know what I mean? And I've managed to amass a certain amount of wealth in my lifetime, a certain amount of success in my lifetime, and by not doing anything particularly special. Do you know what I mean? And I think there is merit in what she's saying because I didn't have a choice but to work. Do you know what I mean? And I was able to get to my position. I don't think uh, no. I'm not saying I'm not saying that over time that you didn't learn how I didn't learn how to be smarter and all those kind of things and everything like that. But in the beginning, that's literally the only way I could get out of my situation. Like but and there's that no self is a skill. And I think too many times we could downplay what it actually yeah, takes you to elevate from you could so. just go and work in Sainsbury's. There are lots yeah, of people I that I just need to pay bills. <laughs> okay, so it's, and I have loads of friends that did the same. They went to Sainsbury's and then they went to somewhere else and then they went to somewhere else. There are lots of people that just stay in Sainsbury's. But Exactly. What is she saying? Who she's yeah, talking that's to? That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't think it's like you taking the literal meaning of what she's saying. To, for me, what she said spoke to my truth. Like, no, honestly, I'm, like, I'm I really did. That was my experience. It was just like, okay, if I want to get out of this situation and change my life, I need to make money. That's what I need to that's do. That's my point. Is that's not average, though. That's, That's what I'm saying. saying. It's like, I don't, well, what I don't, is, I don't what, what, is, what is the problem with her inspiring people to have that mindset? No, it would be more inspirational coming from you talking on the same subject, but not saying it's an average thing. Like, literally, I'm average. It's not average to be like, literally, I managed to move myself from this station in life to success. That's not average. I hit, I hit the, outcome, the outcome, but in terms of what I actually did, that was, that was, no, that, that's a person, that's a human behind that and not everybody. I, I think there are a lot of people that could change their lives by doing those simple things. Do you know what I mean? So it doesn't have to be, that, that's why I think there is merit in what she's saying. Because actually, if it's just a mind shift, it's just a mindset. Can I ask something? Can I ask something? Just because was that the same? What did she expand on saying? Everyone needs to fucking get up and work because that's not helpful. <laughs> did she expand on it? Did she say what I mean was I don't what she actually said. right? So no, that, 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 no. that's because you can say you probably didn't expand. <laughs> yeah, the clip, that, the, the clip doesn't expand on that. It literally <laughs> the clip. And then it goes into personal stories. It's not like she goes into it. I'm talking to women that already. You wasn't expecting. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Yeah. The clip all right, is all right, all right. That is the clip.
<laughs> There's no. Oh, <laughs> All right, we're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. Okay, so moving on to what made you sad, mad, and glad this week? Mm -hmm. Auntie Farah. <laughs> uh, um, we still have bare culture. Oh, oh sorry. Do you know what? To be honest, I thought we'd, we'd, we'd labored. Is there anything else on culture that you guys want to there, there's, there's a lot of stuff about Kanye because it has blown up with Kanye. Mm -hmm. he, yeah. He putting out, uh, I thought it was Kanye that put it out, but it was actually Skeet that put out their conversation. His manager put it out. Yeah, Skeet's manager put it out. Their conversation that he had with Kanye West mm -hmm. that has come out as well. So it's come full circle back around to Black fatherhood and how Kanye West is being treated. Because he mentioned that though. He's anchoring that narrative though. He really is into that narrative. It doesn't have to be. I I saw Kim called him out because he put a post of a picture of North's bag and saying, this is what I saw in her bag last week. And she was just like, you was here this morning. Stop stop pushing this narrative. Like, so she, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. In a nutshell, what's happened? Because I, I saw it and I ignored it because I choose to ignore. It's um, just some screenshots from their conversation where basically, I know, he's just saying, it starts off like Pete saying, look, like we can take, we can talk or whatever thing. And then he must have swore in it. And then Kanye got upset about that, like using profanity, where are you kind of thing. And he's like in bed with your wife. And he took a picture of that. And then he said, I can't remember, but he's like, come to Sunday service. Kanye was like, come to Sunday service. And he was just like, and he said something about, he's Kanye said something about him, like good to see that you're out of rehab and stuff. And then at Hospital, that's what Kanye said. And Pete was like, look, I understand what you're going through. Do you know what I mean? Like, because... The change in tones. Hmm? I, I love the change in tones. You know, like, when you're doing one's voice, it's very much one way when you're doing... But yeah, so basically, like, Pete was just trying to explain that they have commonalities in mental health issues and stuff. And it was just that media Sunday service, basically calling him to, I don't know, maybe to friend him, who knows. Um, well, he actually said to him first, let's meet up. Isn't that how the conversation read? Like, yeah, he yeah. actually said to him first, and then Kanye responded by saying, meet me at Sunday mm -hmm. service. Sunday Isn't service. that how it went? Yeah. And then Kanye just saying, meet me at Sunday service. <laughs> I don't think that's how it... I forget, sorry, went. I forget. I forget oh, okay, okay. Kanye, Kanye is a, a touchy subject for these guys. So. It's not a touchy subject. <laughs> I get that you don't like Kanye and I, I, agree board, and I take on board some of the things that you're saying but I do also think that, that hate for, or dislike not hate because hate's a strong word dislike for Kanye yeah. in this narrative <laughs> yeah. it's not, it's, be not because of what I don't have to be because, wait, you, no, but I, at least say it in the context that I'm not defensive Kanye's not my man so I don't he, care Exactly. 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 We're going to be relaying a story. It shouldn't worry that. It anyway, I think that the the pro the problem what is what Kanye's doing is that he's clearly he's upset about the situation, and he keeps on bringing the narrative back to this is what happens with black fathers, this is what happens with where you have white people in the lives of black children and that sort of thing. When actually, it's just, if you focus on that, you're not like giving any light to how he's actually behaving, which is erratic and coming across a bit unstable. So what do we do? 
All right, Farah, how are you seeing it? You've seen this play out over the weekend. I, I brought it to everybody's attention when I saw it kicking off. And I was like, look at Kanye's feed. How did you interpret what Kanye had put out? I don't know. Because I think people, like you said, didn't realise that it wasn't Kanye that put out the messages. And that quickly changed points of view, didn't it? When people realised that it wasn't actually Kanye that put out the messages. Some people felt quite quite differently once they realised that. Because the whole thing's like, Kanye should keep it personal, keep it between him and Kim, stop putting it on social media. I think Pete even says it in some of the messages that I'll do this over the internet. And then to be talking about I don't know. Do you know what? I'm bored about talking about this whole thing. In all honesty, I'm actually bored of it. It's none of my business. It's their business. If they're going to play it out, let it play out. They'll probably be friends next week. So who gives a fuck? I don't care. <laughs> they're definitely, there's definitely that. I think how I was taking it, I could see that Kanye was going to go into one from when Kim put Pete on Skeet on her page. I was like, all right, let's give Kanye 24 hours. Right. We're going to get Kanye fodder because she's put him on. And it was probably 24 hours and he came with North. The thing that I feel really conflicted with Kanye Weston is he's using lots of black fathers' plights and their access to their kids. And he's rabble-rising that narrative and equating it to himself. And I think that's quite dangerous because you knew the family that you was getting involved with. And it's also like you're stoking fires, like you don't have access to your kids and you don't have a voice, which also is really getting a lot of black fathers who are genuinely in this position on the, like joining your page and giving you more elevation. Like I think he's, and I generally really like Kanye West, but I am like, no, what he's doing is quite dangerous to black culture because you're putting something forward that I don't think is totally accurate for what you're living at all. I don't believe him. I think he has access to his children and he's using something that's really real and people are living and it's almost like gaslighting your you're being like, I'm being oppressed for my kids. I'm not able to see them. And I'm not, what I want for them isn't being followed through on. And there's real men that are going through this and they're talking on your page, but I don't think that's real to you. You're just using black voices. So I'm, yeah, it, it was annoying me that he's, it's quite typical of what he's doing. Cause I think that will affect black men in the future. That he, he will be like the standard. It's like, are you going through a Kanye West or are you really being like held back from your kids? Like, I'm I'm not really for him on this instance. I, I suppose though, I suppose you're right, but at the same time, we don't fully know. I can't stand behind him or behind Kim because we don't fully know what's going on. Maybe when he's saying he doesn't have access to his kids. He doesn't have access to his kids in the way that he wants to have access to his kids. If, for example, I know some parents, some men, who they've gone from having unlimited access with their child, being in the home, seeing their child every like as, as often as they want, picking them up whenever they want, being able to co-parent effectively and talk about be be involved in decisions that happens with their child. So it could just be that he's not having that anymore and he's struggling with that. 
And that is not to say that his behavior is not, he's not manipulating the narrative to a certain degree. I'm not suggesting that at all, but I think for most people who separate from a partner, there, there comes a period of having to work out a new way of parenting. And who yes. gets, we've talked about it here as well, who gets to decide what in the moment? Like if Kim's at home and North wants to go onto TikTok or another type of platform and she's there supervising it, she got to do, ring up Kanye every time. But I suppose if he's made a point of his child on there, then that's valid as well. Maybe she should, maybe they should have that conversation. But then I also don't think that you can't complain about um, North being on TikTok and then show a screenshot of it. There's on Instagram, there's that too. Oh, 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 the whole video. It's like, how are you complaining about it? You showed a video that you're like, is wrong. This is my point. So I'm not, I never say that Kanye is 100%. But what I will say is that we don't know the whole story. We don't, it could literally just be, I want her to come to Sunday service today. I want to be able to say certain things. And whereas before he was able to do that, he's no longer able to do that because scheduling and all of this other stuff that goes on. Absolutely, he's spitting his dummies out of the cram. Absolutely, he is. But then equally at the same time, you can't, someone shouldn't message somebody and make out like they're doing it to cool things down and to be there and to be concerned about your mental health. And then you're taking a picture of yourself in someone's bed. That's that's digging him out as well. And that is also not to say that Kanye hasn't done things to Pete either. I think everybody's wrong here. Like I said, I'm bored of the whole situation. It will blow over for them. It's nothing to do with us. The only people that are getting hurt in this whole scenario are the fucking kids. That's it. Definitely. I agree with all of that. Yeah. I've long-standingly said I don't care. Take the shit off socials. Take it off the fucking socials. Oh, it's not any of our business and it gets distorted. Have too many people have different opinions on your business. There's a point where, yes, it's out there. They've had a breakup. They're a popular couple. So everyone wants to know. But you control yourself. Learn from Beyonce. She keeps her business to <laughs> herself. That's why Jay-Z and Beyonce locked them off. Now we're not in this business here, this tattletale business. I definitely, I think I definitely... If, 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 over everything, the manipulation of black situations, I think Kanye's leaning into when it was all good, you weren't. You've always spoken about black things, but then don't use it to your gain to win an argument. Just don't do that. That's manipulative. But everyone else has got a skin in this game. All manipulative, all nonsense. Take it off the freaking socials. It's not our business. We don't need to know. And protect your kids. All this is about the kids. If you care about the kids, you would not respond. And even, yeah, just don't respond. Allow it. Everyone take it off the socials. That's my stance. Did you guys all watch Juniors? I don't, a uh, genius. I don't think we spoke about that. I watched, I'm behind on episode last, I don't know, I think all of them out now. I've watched two and I really enjoyed it. I think it's great. But I, 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 I think it's a very good documentary. So I haven't finished it though. But yeah, what, I think what was the genius moment was when Jamie Foxx was in the studio and they were in the studio that Ray Charles was in. And this is before Ray. And in the yeah. back poster i was like shit i wonder if he's seen that and been like fucking hell yeah. i noticed that through somebody else talking about it and they they yeah. like put it all together and i was like no that's mad i haven't seen that i just noticed it when i was watching it i was like this is crazy that's i crazy. pointed out to my friend and she was like what's the relevance and i was like what do you mean yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a good documentary i haven't finished it he's done some good things i, I don't I, I think getting some insight into his mindset and what I what has come out of that is that again we're talking about hard work and self belief. 
definitely self-belief. He had self-belief from day one and he had a mother that had instilled self-belief and she supported his dream. So there's some narratives in that was very, that rang very, that was resonant, that resonated. Like that self-belief is important, regardless how, what people think of you, if you're the bit, the oddball in the room. And I remember, I definitely resonate because when I was growing up, I was the oddball in the room a lot. And in speaking to people like in the work that I do, and when people tell me the work that I've done, I'm like, oh, wow. But, and, but I know that the days when I felt like the oddball in the room and I felt maybe sometimes bullied and sometimes ostracized, sometimes laughed at and judged because I wasn't fitting in the dynamic of what people thought I should be in that space. That thing, what Kanye had, where people were telling like, you, you're not gonna be a rapper. You're not the kind of rapper we want. You're odd, you're different, you're this. And him's like, I don't care, I'm gonna keep going through. That narrative rang, really resonated um with me a lot and in early Kanye I definitely was a fan this yeah, year, yeah I don't get but the early Kanye I definitely was a fan so it's, it's very good insight very good insight I, I I agree I think I was really inspired by his his drive but also what I was more taken aback with than him was the p- other people that really believed in him like that Cody was like I, this guy's special I'm gonna film him and he's going to be something. Like, it was all the other people that was that were galvanised with him. I would say, I called them his disciples as I was watching it. I was like, he had a rabble of disciples with him. Just, yeah. it, it was amazing that it was like, he was just talking. Because at that point, I can't even say it was talent. There's something that some people can, they can talk a good game. You meet people that talk a good game but they follow through on it in a way where you're like, no, you know what? You're actually really special. You're probably going to align the stars to get there. And it just felt like he had a few people around him that was like, I don't even know if he has the talent to do it, but I believe that he is going to make it happen. I thought that was quite special. And that moment where he talked about there being something around his arms and his legs after he spoke about Taylor Swift. And he feels like, in effect, I got it as some juju has been placed on him and they're holding me back from my power. I thought there was something in that. I do think there are forces that are working with Kanye to stop him from being how great he actually is. And that comes under the guise of bipolar, being sectioned, having medication. I think that I think there's something special about him. And I think there are other forces working with him. Putting it out there so that it's documented. But literally I do think there's something about Kanye West. He'll come through. I truly believe in him. There ain't no God thing, but there's something about him. I think he is gonna come through this process with Kim and we're gonna see what he's meant to actually deliver to the world. I do think he's talented, yeah. I do think he's talented, and he has been talented over the years, but I just don't think it gives him... I just think that people are... Some people are blinded by talent or so attached to the idea of him that they can't... They interpret everything that he does as there's a reason for it or there's a story behind it, whatever kind of thing, when actually he, it's just plain bad behaviour. Do you know what I mean? Because he's entitled and and he's very rich and he's got power and he's behaving like a person who's entitled and is very rich and has power. 
and that's exactly how he's behaving in his textbook almost so yeah I just think it I think it's just people probably said a lot of these things about lots of the greats it doesn't mean they're all good people definitely I thought about we must move I probably move on quickly but I did think about as a mother but again my my I resident like I said the mother's self-belief like like unwavering belief in her it's an interesting they always talk about the mother's relationship with people who either go out and commit murder or who are tyrants or geniuses and all that type of stuff so it's as a parent that self-belief that belief in your child regardless no matter what beast does that create a positive beast or or, or a, a tyrant a tyrannical beast type of thing so it's very interesting in as us as parents or caregivers what kind of what we instill in the people that we are responsible for it was that just that made me think because I, I I definitely hear that too, Shade. I think that happens with people in the in the public eye who are on a pedestal. People don't want to hear the negativity. People and I think when we want when especially when we align with someone to find another reason for it not to be to so it's easy so we don't believe in so we can find a reason for what they're bad the bad parts of them because we want mm, to believe so much in the good yeah. parts of them. Yeah. You definitely rationalize it away because you can't deal with the truth that this person might just black and white be bad or might just black and white be good. Because people, the same thing happens to good people. Sometimes when someone's good, you just like literally cannot fathom that they're actually good people and doing good things. Mm -hmm. There has to be something wrong with them. So it happens like, why, why are you doing that? Are you a people pleaser? Yeah, exactly. And he's like, you immediately think that, yeah, though that person must be in it for some other reason than just being good. So it's not even just about people doing bad things. So it's just interesting, but he's a, he's a polarizing person and it is what it is. I definitely don't take it seriously. I just think it's just one of many, and that's no. it. Sad, mad, and glad. Auntie Farah. I, I was sad on Friday because I left work, and that was very sad, very emotional. Didn't realize so many people cared. That was really nice. My team are amazing. They did some amazing things for me. They made me like this. It's almost like a graduation book, almost, I would say. And then they got everyone in the company to write a little message. And it was just like the sweetest, sweetest thing ever. Yep, lots of lovely messages, lots of lovely moments with lots of lovely people who I'll cherish forever and ever. So that was sad, but also quite glad. My mad is, oh, I don't know if I want to save this for at the end of the show. Okay, this is what I'm going to say, because I've changed my last thing. My mad is Thomas Markle and Meghan Markle's sister still just being given any kind of platform whatsoever and Thomas Markle talking about the fact that he's going to give evidence against Meghan Markle for defamation of character when these times now she should be suing him for defamation of character but whatever that's my mad it's only a little one that's that glad I said glad was the bit of the team and all the stuff that they did auntie nana what's made you sad mad and glad Okay, so <laughs> my sad, I've actually forgotten about this, but um, I've really, so I took out my hair, washed it and all of that jazz, and I found a new patch, what well, was two or three, I'm going to over-exaggerate, there were six new patches of grey strands that had like proper big patches, and I was just like, it, it just reaffirmed ageing, and I was more like, okay, I think I need to dye my hair black. And yeah, I just got sad about it. It was, it. now I'm thinking about it. At the time when I wrote this, I was really upset about it, but it's actually quite stupid because it's just hair. But I was quite affected that for once, I only had the little gray bits here. 
and then it just seemed to have grown and it was just like oh you're really aging and you're getting older that made me sad I got super mad I don't know if you guys saw this but Junior who is Peter Andre's son they have finally managed to travel to Australia and they went on GMB and the um, presenter asked him like Junior how was it when your dad and uncle saw your grandparents and he's talking and he to me he's talking with a straight London accent yep I feel like I talk the same as him like it's nothing crazy Uh and then in the Daily Mail this woman Brenda Donahay who's from Cork is talking about his accent is ghetto and I'm like he's 16 years old you did a big old article in the Daily Mail about him and you're calling him ghetto and we all know what that means is that he's talking black and he and then they like revised it a day later because loads of people were being like this article was racist so she revised it that people were shocked at how he was talking and he goes I was like what type of bullshit I was so what was it I missed it that she changed it to what she changed it to people were shocked that junior who goes to a private school mm. talks with a strange dialect. A strange dialect. Like, do you know what? Sorry, just to jump on that one, yeah, but that infuriated me as well because he just oh, doesn't sound like a Londoner. His mum is, isn't she from, she, has anyone heard how Katie Price speaks? She's from Brighton, no? Exactly. Have they heard how she speaks? Have they heard how Peter Andre speaks? And they, and, and he's like a, a 16-year-old boy who listens to the music that he listens to. It didn't seem very strange to me. And they ruined a lovely moment because he was talking about how lovely it was. He was he got to see I can't, his yabba, I think it was they were yeah, saying yeah. Greek. Like he and he used the Greek word as well for seeing his yeah. grand, granddad. And it he was, was lovely. lovely, it was such a lovely moment. And he said, I can't stop kissing my grand. And it's just then they ruined it with this bullshit. That, that's my mad too, jumping on that one. I, I, I was thoroughly disgusted. I inboxed her. And yeah, I had to. I was so pissed off. I was like, how are you coming for a 16-year-old? So I inboxed her on Twitter. I cussed her a bit on there. And then I was like, okay, what else can I do to make this go further? So then I started a post on Twitter about her. And then I researched all of the different things that she had been writing on. And a lot of things are a bit racist. She has racist leaning. So it's always, oh, this is a bit strange. But then you like, will look into it and it's a bit about black culture and somebody else being a bit black. And she will highlight it on the Daily Mail. And so I created a Reddit thread on that as well. Wow. I, I was, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I used to do that a lot. <laughs> it, it ignited a side of me that I used to do a lot when I would work. <laughs> when I had an employer and I would like waste time, I used to complain a lot. But yeah, it got me vexed. So that was my mad. So yeah, people look into that. I may actually put that as a link. And if you want to complain to her in her inbox and Twitter, do it because he's a 16 year old child and she shouldn't have been doing that. And then my glad, my sister sorted out a fashion show for us siblings who were creative. So that's my sister Aquia and my brother Yao. And we all sew and make stuff. And in January, she said, let's do a fashion show together. And we let it go and didn't really take it seriously. And then this week, she was like, 
we're gonna do a fashion show. The fashion show's here, like it's on Sunday. So I went into producer mode because I didn't sort out a collection. My brother had clothing, my sister had clothing. I supplied accessories, belts and jewelry. And we had a, a fashion show in Brixton and oh. showed our wares. And it's the first time all three of us have showed off our talents. It was lovely, like just working with each other. And I really enjoyed being in kind of producer mode and not just like the youngest sibling. Like I had a little bit of power. I had the camera and yeah, it was really nice. So that was a real highlight for me. Auntie Shade, what's made you sad, mad and glad this week? Okay, so sad Tracy Braxton man yeah um, uh, lost her battle to cancer that was really sad I think for what I know she was just so hilarious and so Mm. funny definitely a loss obviously to the family to the culture to everyone like you know I mean that was really sad news I don't really have a mad I haven't been mad about anything I don't feel like I have anyway but glad couple of things one is breaking news that uk travel restrictions are being lifted this friday so no locator forms yeah just work today for both sides of the vaccinated and unvaccinated or is that just vaccinated it says all it all it says here and this i'm just reading from simply politics sorry, but they say all remaining uk travel covid travel measures such as passenger locator forms and tests for arrivals will end at 4 a.m on friday wow so, that you go to america now no, no. i can go anyway i know I'm talking to my friends. Uh, we know this. <laughs> I, I, I literally want to make you a jumper. Like I can go anywhere. You can travel. <laughs> I hadn't heard about this news, so thank you. No worries. I'm very excited. Hopefully that everybody else, you know, every other country just drops everything as well so we can run away quickly. And then my other glad is that I went to Cody Radical pop-up last week, Shoreditch Box Park, which is so cool. Like, I love his new album, Reason to Smile, because I've mentioned it already. I just friggin' love it. They had a big, like, artwork piece from the album cover. They even had tapes. Oh, I should have bought it. Like, actual tapes, like, from back in the day. Like, uh, it's just so cool. <laughs> it's so friggin' cool. Um, Are you going to play it? Do you have a player? Uh, there's probably one in the storage somewhere. Like I've probably got a Walkman or something. Like it's somewhere. Yeah, I'm that old. And what else do they have? They have like custom trainers and stuff. I met the manager and stuff, and we was just having a chat. And then they had tequila. It was really cool, actually. It was just like really cool things. So that was yeah. And also went Afro Paradise as well with Dana and Bev and them, and uh, had a great time with Akoya on the dance floor. Yes, which took me a day to recover from, yeah, a full day. Say that again? What time did it finish? It finished at 5am, but I left at 4.30. I didn't stay to the end. Okay. That's that's a good innings. 4.30am is like, you may as well have just stayed the half an hour. Yeah, it felt like raving in Ghana. That's what it's like in Ghana. Like, rave till 6 in the morning. All right. Auntie AK, what's made me sad? Nothing. What's made me mad? Nothing. What's made me glad? My BAFTA weekend, celebrating <laughs> with the black folks in the arts in the UK and just having a good old fun time. And just like I said, I'm really happy about my daily paper dress and I'm very happy about my Kurt Gaga shoes. So very light and superficial, but I'm very happy about that. So I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs>
Okay, before we end up, Auntie Farah, what you got to get off your chest, mate? So my week, my don't piss me off, that's what I'm going for this week, is Jane Champion, who, whilst she was accepting her Critics' Choice Award on I Sunday, decided to say to Venus and Serena that basically what you've gone and what you've accomplished isn't that much. It's not as bad as me because you don't have to play against men and I have to play against men. And she's later come out and apologised and said, I made a thoughtless comment equating what I do in the world of film with all that Serena Williams and Venus Williams have achieved. I did not intend to devalue these two legendary black women in a world of athletes. What was that got to do with what she done? Like, what? Did yeah. she just come for black women? Basically. And do you, wow. know, do you know, hang on, I'll tell you what I loved. Jodie Turner-Smith, who attended the award ceremony, said... Taking time out of her best director speech to tell two black women that she is more oppressed than them is peak white feminism. Love Jodie. It is. And there's a meme going around with Venus's face because Venus's face is basically like, really? Yeah. And champions come under fire before for something. Champion, just the correct it's Jane Campion. Champion, champion, that bitch yeah. there. Anyway, not really. <laughs> Alleged bitch. She has come under the floor for when she equated the Me Too movement to the end of a path, an end of apartheid for women. Yeah, yeah she's been in a mix. I might apologise for that too. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, so don't piss me off this week. Thing. She, this is the type thing. of thing that she does. There's no pain like her pain, basically. Wow. That's you know what I'm saying. You could just be a black woman minding your own business and someone's mm -hmm. got you. Living your that's actually like thoroughly disgusting. Mm -hmm. think, to me, it's those types of things I think should be criminal. Mm -hmm. How are you just doing that to somebody? Like look, and what might coming from nowhere, like your whole speech, because she already because like had to, she already had a conversation because someone else criticized her film Power of the Dog. So basically, she's the director of a film called Power of the Dog, starring yeah. Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch. And it's got it's giving perspective on, I think, the son of the family is gay and is exploring that narrative during a, in a country in Western old school time when obviously being gay was not was very frowned upon and not seen as manly. So it's exploring that. And her film's been called out. And she had a clapback that would have been for the ages and everyone would be getting behind her for her clapback. And she goes and do something like this. And this is the microaggressions and the gaslighting that black people go through. You're plodding your own, minding your own business. You're like, yay, go ally. Then, oh shit, they're not an ally. That's why I hate the phrase ally because I don't trust the word ally because <laughs> until they've done the complete 10 step program of what an ally really means, I don't trust it. Anyone who says I'm an ally, I don't trust you. you ally is the doing word though, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, you literally I, have to yeah. do it. Yeah, like that's you can't just do that's it. That's it. Like, that's no. what I'm saying. So don't it's, just. It's not a title. Yes, yes, it's not a title. But people wear it as a title, and people yes. give it as a title, and it's not. It's an actual action. But that's yeah. my point. I don't like when people. I don't trust it. I don't trust it when you're, especially when you're like, I'm an ally. Are you though? Call me. I'm tend to unpick and get to the layers. Not, yeah. Can I just say what she said? So she said, shout out to the fellow nominees, Venus and Serena. You are a, you are a marvel. However, you do not play against the guys like I have to. A whole dominated tennis industry. What? So basically, oh, the majority of the people in the room, even Serena, were clapping and like, yeah, yeah. What can you, you do though? 
I know, but Venus was like oh, in that moment. I would not. I I understand. Maybe you just. I think it can be really fucking be techie. Yeah, techie. I think she because we've all been there. You feel yeah. awkward. We've all talked about it. You feel yeah. awkward. So I think she might have been like, ah, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, and there's a camera in my face. Like what the fuck. It must be really hard. I don't know. It's hard. I well, I do. I generally, in general, I think it's hard. But I think in that moment, I don't think my facial expression, the way my face tends to be set up, I don't. I think they would have caught me going like Venus. No, I'm so her and Venus and Sari, they're in the same category, yeah, for yeah. this film award. I get she's not right, but she's making a joke. Yeah, it's not. It's not a real comparison. It's, okay, so I've won. I won it. And then you're like, yeah, you guys have done well. But, but I... I no, don't I, use I, me, though. There's lots of other people you can use. There were other yeah, people... I'm thinking it's more jovial. In here, no, again, I'm like, is it no, jovial? No, it's not. It's not jovial. <laughs> it's not jovial. <laughs> so, wait, what did you say? What it's a black... Okay, it's why, it's why I'm saying is it jovial? Because we've all been nominated in the same category. So, yeah. it's me and... and Because if we're nominated, we're all nominated for a category, yeah? Category, yeah? And, and I, I turn I'm, around and say... You know what? I'm. You know what? You guys are great, but you're not as great as me because I play against men. That is. There's no reason. There's no reason to say no, that. Maybe it was supposed to be funny. How is that funny? Because they don't play against men. But a lot of things no, that that's, people that's say. Obvious. That's obvious. If yeah. you know. This yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's funny. It's, it's not funny. funny though, because a lot of things that people have gotten away with. They they palm it off as funny. Oh, I was just being funny. funny. Oh, do you plait your hair every day? Oh, how long does it take you to do that shit? Microaggressions are not fucking funny. She's not self-deprecating. She's like saying, I'm better than you and I've won. You've won, babe. So why do you have to then go and say that you're still better than me because of this reason? No, that's not well, funny. And also, in a, category, in a category of King Richard being, obviously, that's the film that was of phenomenation. Yeah. Venus and Serena didn't make the film. So why were they in the category? They weren't. That's no, what no, I'm saying. No. She shouldn't have... It was King Richard. So they're... It was King they're, Richard. So she shouldn't have... Yeah, she shouldn't. But my point is, her her comment should have been directed to Will, at yeah. the very least. Or the, or the director. Director. Because yeah. if you like, I won. And it, furthermore, there were five, <laughs> usually four or five other, four other category nominees as well. Why draw out them Please. two? So she's in the director category. Best film. Okay. And also, the film depicts them as children. What the fuck is wrong with you, woman? Why? Sorry, she won Best Director for the next film. She won Best Director. And uh, who directed it? Was it a man or woman? Jane Campion directed Power of the Dog. No, I'm talking about Serena and... King, but it's still got nothing to Serena Williams, the girl, and Venus Williams. She did. But there was something that sparked no. what was said, and I was like, oh, she's trying to be funny. The direct, oh. No, because the, the director, Renato, Renato Marcus Green, is a, a black man. Okay. Black director. My point is, it's got nothing to do with Venus and Serena. It's not funny. Why are you... It was no because I, I, I let me find out. Let's do this in real fucking time, yeah. Because best I was trying to get what we need to wrap this up because this has gone into a whole new story. And it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. My dope is something that I'll be like, don't piss me off. Bill stands, yeah, she should not have said that shit, and that's that. 
And no, I, no, 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 it's true. No, it's true. It doesn't Unfortunately, my, your piss me off has sparked some interest and Nana's response has sparked an irritation. So my <laughs> point is, Paul Thomas Anderson, Licorice Pizza, Kenneth Branagh, Belfast, Guillermo del Toro, Nightmare Alley, Steven Spielberg, West Side Story, Dennis Villeneuve, Dune. You've got four, one, two, three, four, five other men to fucking talk about. Why are you drawing for the sportswoman whose life story like did you didn't the film their was childhood even, life story and they the that they're not as good as you because, <laughs> because they don't what makes it worse is king richard wasn't even in the category for best director no, Ray what Nardo, bro get out of fucking town man <laughs> leave the girls alone sorry far too far you sparked some anger no the, the film's not even a fucking oh, see, i'm gonna i'm gonna watch this back and i'm gonna have something else to say this is so annoying no, there's something else to... all right okay I, i'm playing devil's advocate at this why why because what if she thought that king richard should be mentioned in this no, moment so she decided to put her. She decided to put them in. Her this is the same woman who equated me too with apartheid. She's got form. Stop trying to see the the, the, the good in everybody, like you did with Donald Trump. <laughs> Say it's, she said what she said, and now she's taking it back because people realize that she was saying what she said. She's got form. The, the fucking film wasn't even nominated. Why are you talking about Venus and Serena? Shut up. Take your award. Come off the stage. Shut Just up. Any Anything to have a dig. <laughs> anything. At any moment. Hey, Venus looked amazing in her dress. I must say. All right, enough now. We're coming up to three hours. Positive, end on a positive note. And on that was Your Aunties Could Never, episode 101. Thank you for joining us. We will be back next week uh, as regular timings permit. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe and follow us on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Watch us back on YouTube and face Facebook. Don't forget to um, add your comments and your positive words on Apple um, Podcasts and your likes and likes and likes on Spotify. We will be back. Thank you very much. I'm Auntie AK and I'm saying bye along with So we just I'm just saying say bye. Why does it be so horrible about it? It's not horrible, I just don't get it. Auntie Farah. I've done it now enough. Let's say bye. Auntie Farah, go on. I just fucking said it. I was moving you on to Auntie Nana. <laughs> it's a bye from Auntie Nana. Bye-bye. See you next time, guys. Auntie Shade. Thank you. <laughs>